When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What is the, what's the pitch count for you right now? 92. Okay. My head of you or behind you? He just threw pitch 93. Okay, he just threw it for me right there. Okay. So you're like 10 seconds behind me. Yeah. All if right. You so... wanna, if, if you want to break news, I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, my God. And then Jake will be like, what? Oh, I, oh, my God. I'll be like, oh, nice. I can't wait to see what happened, man. <laughs> um, so Jake and I are starting a little early today. We're going we're gonna to talk during the – we are now in the top of the sixth inning – Two outs in the top of the sixth inning. So Jake and I are going to talk through the uh, through the Brewer game for a little bit, and then when the normal starting time at four o'clock runs around, then we're going to switch and we're going to start doing the regular show. But we're just going to start early and maybe mention some of the things that we're looking at while we're watching the games and stuff like that, and uh, give a little insight to some of the stuff that we're looking at when we're writing stuff down for games. Um, then we're going to talk through all of the Brewers Rockies games, and we're going to talk through yesterday's twins game and some of today's obviously we can kind of recap as we're going here and then we are going to welcome in simon and bryant if they can make it and we're going to Mm -hmm. talk about the packers news that came out today um from the first day of practice so doreen said yeah we're just gonna we can leave doreen's comment right on there doreen said go brewers and go pack go so that's why we're here you get all in one Your uh, one-stop shop, if you would like. Yes. Yes. Don't have to go to seven different pages. Tim, I see Four, what's um, going on, buddy. And four different podcasts. And right. And just get it all in one. Oh, I just got a package. Uh-oh. Man, we're opening mail on the show now. Uh-oh. You got yours like I got mine. I know what that is. I bet you do know what this is. Courtney didn't want to bring it over and hand it to me, so she tossed it to me. I bet it's this is a hoodie. Ooh. All right. So, 
Got a yelly hoodie. It's very nice. It's actually really soft. And it's got the wide strings. Like, I don't know why, but I like the wide strings more than I like the shoe strings. Oh, 100%. I don't know if it feels like more durable or what, but I like that. That is that is nice looking. All right. And then, ooh, I got this too. Check it out. Let's see which one you get. Okay. Got the Rogers MVP shirt. I see. I yeah. like that they use they use really like soft shirts. Like I don't know if they use like the the canvas ones or what, but they're really soft. They're really comfortable. I actually really like my Wisco Ball shirts that I have so far. Yeah, these these are awesome shirts, man. So I got this one. This is my Brewers one. I did one for each team. Got Milwaukee High Fly um, on the bottom of that. It says get up, get out of here. You know the the great saying for the Brewers. It's on the Bernie side. And obviously, legendary with the Brewers. Sorry, I'm watching this. So I'm a little distracted. I got the I got the Buck Yeah one, and then I got um I got the Lombardi one where it says winning is the only thing. I decided mm-hmm. with that one. It was between that one or the Rogers one. I was like, yeah, man. I, I feel like I got to give some Lombardi love here, man. We need we need some magic. We need to bring Puppy home. So I'll go with Lombardi. I'm going to wear that tomorrow. I'm going to go to practice tomorrow. Uh, we're going to go today. My stepson got busy, did something else. Um, but we're going to go tomorrow morning, check out practice. So tomorrow morning I'll have some notes for you guys about practice. But today we will talk about what we heard and what we saw uh, from videos that people took. So oh. Matt said YouTube has to have the worst broadcast quality ever or your TV or app is the problem. Um, did you watch Gudekun's press conference this morning? Holy hell, that was annoying listening to it because it sounded like somebody must have had like like one of those shirt microphones and they were just like rubbing their hand back and forth on it. Oh man, that sucks to try to listen. It to was kind of hard for me to focus on it to be I honest. Know, it's with like you, I'm trying I to kept... listen to news and I'm trying to get good stuff out of this <laughs> so I can tell people. Jeff's got the right idea. He's listening to Euchre on the radio, not on YouTube. He made a hashtag not on YouTube. It's clever. Listen to this though. On YouTube, you can click your yep. settings and you can mm-hmm. click Brewers Radio. So mm-hmm. I get to watch the game and listen to Euchre call it. So I kind of like that option, to be honest that's, with you. That is a nice option. I will I will agree to that. That That's nice, man, because, you know, I want to listen to Euchre. Well, Corbin Burns. That is info through Andy Herman and Rob His 20th 10 strikeout game. Is it uh is that 101 pitches for me? How many is he at for you? He just threw 101. Okay, so we're pretty close. Yeah, the video quality is is part of it. Oh, my, I mean, mine looks pretty good to be honest with you. Now we're I just mean, staring showing, at sausage. They're showing some brats. I mean, that's pretty good quality if you ask me. Mine's I'm watching mine on I have a I have a Fire Stick, so I just have my YouTube on that. So that's what oh, I'm watching okay. on. Mine okay. seems fine. Yeah, I'm watching on my phone. Oof. Keeps freezing and glitching for me. Hmm. Hey, Dan, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> nice wieners. <laughs> uh, I don't expect anything less, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're going to see some, some wieners. Maybe, maybe he needs an go. update. Oh, yeah, here we go. Racing sausage is coming on now. Sheesh.
Three, two, six, nine, huh? Yeah, good job, Milwaukee. I see you. <laughs> hey, it is a great game for us, man. It's about time we – I mean, honestly, I'm not going to say about time because the Brewers' offense has been pretty good. I mean, there's been a couple guys that have been carrying, obviously, and Tyler and I are going to get into that later in the show and really break down and we give our power pair. But, uh, yeah, uh, been a pretty good offensive week for the Brewers. I mean, the Rock, playing the Rockies at home helps. But Twins aren't the greatest team, but they're not bad. I mean, they're they're, they're solid. They're, they're arguably one of the better offenses in Major League yeah. Baseball. Um, they need some help in the pitching department, but they have one of the better offenses in baseball. I mean, Luis Arias is one of the – actually, I think he's the leader in Major League Baseball in batting average. Um, Miguel Sano is back for that. So um, that's another, another bat they have back in their lineup. Um, Miranda, who just got a hit off of Burns in that inning, he's been hitting really well for the Twins. So the Twins, you know, it's not a team to take lightly. You know, they're not, they're not a bad team. They're leading their division. They're honestly, they're they're pretty similar to the situation the Brewers are in. You know, they except they need pitching help and we need hitting help. It's like yeah. if the Twins and the Brewers could come like combine their teams, like they'd be like once like insane powerhouse of a team. Um, that being said, the Brewers are enjoying a nice another outburst of offense. Um, it is nice. We got Taylor, our main hype man in you, said with the best contents, the best sports content creators in the world. <sighs> that feels good, Taylor. I appreciate that. It does. Cream raises to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rowdy Tellez is up, huh? Here we go. Let's get, it. Let's get a third dinger today, bud. Nobody's on base, though, so. Yeah, I was going to bring a, that up today about how I was bitching, bitching last week that we only had last solo night, shots. It was literally, it was, oh, that was, yeah, that was last week. And then last night you were complaining that Willie and, um, Willie and Rowdy need to do more on offense. And then I told you today that uh, you owe Rowdy a, an apology. Yeah, of course, to me. Of course. <laughs> I should have known he was due for a two home run game. Yeah, <laughs> Why didn't just, I look you know, at my counter? Just casual six RBI. No big deal. Yeah. I, you know what I like on YouTube a little bit is that they have, like, little random questions and you can vote for them and stuff. Mm -hmm. To, like, into the game. Like, oh, are you watching the whole game? You know what I mean? Like, if you're paying attention, you probably get the answer right is kind of what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. Eight, 86,000 people watch this. That's pretty good. Hmm. Pretty good. It doesn't count people watching on cable and shit, you know what I mean? Matt said he's going to be in Milwaukee on vacation with my wife's family this weekend. And, of course, the Brewers have away games again like they did the last time I was in town. Oh. <sighs> That's a bummer. They were saying something about Josh Bell today. What were they saying, Taylor? They were saying that Josh Bell would fit well with the Brewers. The Brewers oh. have been rumored to be checking in on Josh Bell. The word on the street is that the Nationals want to move Josh Bell before they move Juan Soto. So hopefully that that sense of urgency could play into the Brewers' favor a little bit. Um, a little there's cheaper. there's nothing concrete to suggest that. That's just purely me speculating. So okay, um, that's just that's just a thought that I had. Listening here instead of the rest of the Brewer game updates appreciated. Hey, we got you, bro. We got you. Three two count right now for me. Tyler's ten seconds ahead. So. You definitely owe Rowdy an apology. On base again. 
<laughs> Josh Bell would be a great fit. Um, essentially, you know, the Brewers may not need a first baseman because they have Rowdy Telez. Josh Bell is actually a high average guy that can hit for power. Um, essentially, what bringing in Josh Bell would do would slide Josh Bell or Rowdy Telez into the everyday DH position, something that Andrew McCutcheon has been doing a lot. And then essentially just put Andrew McCutcheon, you couldn't put him in the center field. Um, he moves pretty well. Like he was hustling out grounders and stuff yesterday and like legging out fly balls and stuff. So, I mean, you could maybe use Andrew McCutcheon in center field a little bit more and maybe him being the DH more often this early half of the season. Maybe that preserved his legs a little bit and you can use him a little more in the second half in the outfield. So um, that definitely seems among the realm of possibilities. So bringing in Josh Bell would be awesome to help. Josh Bell and Juan Soto throwing a 24-pack of spotted cow. I mean, you could send them like a pallet of, of spotted cow if they're going to toss in Josh Bell. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Trey Mancini. I feel like the Brewers have a better chance of landing Mancini than a team like the Yankees just because they're in the same division. Just like I feel like um, the Yankees would have a better chance of landing Brian Reynolds than the Brewers would because the Brewers and the Pirates are in the same division. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I stand on that. I feel like Josh Bell is probably a little more realistic than Mancini, but I would be happy with either one. Same with Ben Attendee. I'd be happy with him too, but um, he seems like a pretty hot pretty hot commodity on the trade market. So Plays outfield, hits for a high Look average. at that. Look at that. He still like, – he was out, but he still hustled it. Just watch his hustle. I was close. Dude, he's 35 years old. I was close. He's running his ass off down the line, man. I loved uh I loved the other day when he hit the game winning hit, I believe it was. It was against the Rockies and he got on base. Oh man, he showed this passion, man. And I Yeah, dude, it. that double. He I hit that it. double. Yep, I have that in my notes actually. I love the passion, man. And you know what? That plays perfectly. I wasn't even planning on saying this. Just popping in my head. Um, so we do the show perfectly in into what I was going to say about how we talk about. We know that they're doing bad. So why would you say something? You know, you don't have to go on Twitter and go out of your way and, and be like, "Oh, you're you're dog shit." I hope we get rid of mm-hmm. you. You know what I mean? Like, let them work through their slump. They're humans. They're going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. They care. <laughs> they care. They, they care know. more than us. And they, and they know. It's, you, it's don't need to, you don't need name. to tell Christian Yelich that he's that he struggled the last two years. He knows. You didn't right. need to tell Lorenzo Cain that he was struggling this year. He knew. You could see it when you talked to him about it. We we shared the um, the video on the page when when McCutcheon was going through it or when um, Lorenzo Cain was going through it. Yep. Um, so it's it's the situation where athletes are people. That is that is what it is. So. Yeah, hundred percent. So let's treat them as people. Let's treat them with respect, you know. Do the same um, for other people and not just professional athletes. Yeah, you could. You really could. Let's apply that to real life. You know, I uh, not even going to bring it up. I saw something today and it was very disturbing. Tyler should know what I'm talking about. Dame saw it. My post, but ah, yeah, yeah, the world. That's why we escape the sports, right? <laughs> But hey, sports sports can give you life lessons. I'm not gonna lie. 
I've learned like, a lot of my life lessons from sports. I get like I get my punctuality from sports because of Coach Geigel and and always wanting to be like five, ten, fifteen minutes early for everything. Like I'm still that way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Coach Geigel. I hope one day we could just get him on here so he could just talk shit <laughs> about us. Oh, I'd love it. I would love it. <laughs> he he gave me a, a card when when we had graduation and the what he wrote in the card still sticks with me. I still remember it. Like to this day, what he wrote in the card that he gave me from graduation. Really? Yep. I just worked with Brent at a forklift job. So I got the different side of Geigel. <laughs> Not that Brent's a bad guy. I love you, Brent. You're a good guy. Oh, shit. I'll try to, try to hit him up. He's retired now, though. Mm. All right. Really. I will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I will give you. <laughs> I would love to see y'all roasted. <laughs> Nobody roasts me. I do the roasting. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you a spoiler alert. Colton Wong is not my power pair position player, but he certainly could be. Um, he is absolutely raking since the since the All Star break. I think before the at bat that he just grounded out, um, I think he was eight of twenty one since the All Star break. That's so pretty damn Colton good. Wong, yeah, Colton Wong certainly could have been part of the power pair um, for position players. So we don't um, talk about the Yankees yeah. here. You understand that? We Yankees don't talk about the Yankees. Yeah, what's their payroll? I bet it's a, I bet it's twice. What most oh, of easy. Major easy League Baseball twice. is. Easily twice. I'll go back to this. I'm going to look it up. MLB payrolls. Let's see what they got here. here Mike Vassallo just tweeted, Corbin Burns had 11 strikeouts today without a walk. It is the eighth st- career start of 10-plus strikeouts without a walk and second this season. Wow. <clears throat> Wow, the Mets are actually second in payroll. Now I understand that doesn't why you surprise me that. either. That's that's New York. Uh, the Yankees are third at one hundred and eighty-five million dollars. Yankees do that just to lose to the Astros. <laughs> oh, dude, Astros uh, are fucking good, man. Fuck yeah, dude. They're I heard t- the other day there's like sixty-four and thirty-two. That's insane. Yeah, they're. <laughs> They steal signs. The White Sox are really high for not a being, team that sucks. Yeah, not being good. Same thing with Boston, man. What the fuck? <laughs> you could you could thank Matt. Matt's the one that brought up that the Astros own the Yankees. That's I mean it's pretty common knowledge, but white hot five hundred team. <laughs> All right, let's see. Taylor asked. Taylor asked how we're doing today. Oh, we're doing great. We're doing fantastic, man. Brewers are winning. Training camp is back. That's what it is. Like, it feels like we're getting close to Packers season because practice started today. So, like, there's more excitement. I feel like we're getting closer to to knowing some of the answers to all the questions that we're asking um, and, and just getting some clarification on news because the, you know, the initial reaction to David Bakhtiari being put on the pup list was like not not to use a really strong word, but it was honest. It was appalling to see how many yeah. people had flipped on Bakhtiari, 
and still are. It's it's insane. We're gonna we'll we'll talk about it later when we get into it and get into some more of the specifics of what was said by Gudikins on the floor. But it's it's crazy how quickly people flipped on him. It's it's the same thing when oh they just hit a homer. Um, man, I was gonna mention today that McGee was actually pretty good this week, and he gives up a home run right away. He was still pretty good, but I mean he. He had a seven seventeen ERA with the Giants, so for him to be in his fourth inning of work and to give up one run, I'm okay with that. Better in a ten three game uh, than a five. You know, three it was. Game. It was when people, you know, we talked. Uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. Um, people giving Packers fans, you know, some shit because. Right away, when people leave the Packers, Packers fans start talking shit about them, like about Devontae and about mm-hmm. Lucas Patrick. I mean, Lucas Patrick hurts a little bit more because he went to the Bears. But Devontae yeah. leaving, like, whatever, man, it's his choice, his life. You know, he can do whatever the hell he wants. It's the same thing when people get injured, you know? You don't think he's trying to work, you know? I mean, like Tyler said, we'll get into it. But I liked your, your word choice, appalling. That was a very, very strong word choice. Um, yeah. And it described it perfectly. At least we still have a six-round cushion. <laughs> Chelsea said I didn't come here to get my feelers hurt. <laughs> Don't bring up the Yankees, and we won't have to hurt your feelings. You know who our favorite college football team is? Notre, Notre Dame. Just as bad as Texas. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why did you make that decision? What's wrong with you? Chelsea, I'm going to need a little bit more background on why you are the fan of who you are. Just because, like, like you're a Suns, Packers, Yankees, Notre Dame fan. So I got to – I need some background on that. So, like, the Suns, I'm assuming, you know, because you live there. Lives right. there. Um, Packers, I don't know, because they're the fucking best, I guess. I don't know. Um, Yankees, I can understand if you didn't like baseball and you were watching SportsCenter or something and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to get into baseball. I'll like the Yankees because you hear about the Yankees. It's, the, it's the most, they're the most popular baseball team. But Notre Dame? I don't understand Notre Dame. That one's, that one's the one. I mean, you hear about them a lot, but they don't ever win big games. <laughs> that one doesn't make sense to me. <clears throat> yes, Taylor, not a lot of consistency. And there are some people like that, like – like we know, we know some people that are kind of mixed, and we know why. You know, it's because there's family here or family there, yep. or yep. they used to live here and now they live here. Um, like, like um, we have a buddy Nick who lives in Utah, who is uh, a Giants and Lakers fan because he grew up in the Bay Area. So, like, yep. that makes sense. Um, like our buddy Cody, who lives in Oregon, is like um, he's a Packers fan because he has family here. So. You know stuff like that. So there can be reasons why you know your your fandom doesn't have to be tied to your geographic location. But if you're just throwing darts at a board and just picking and choosing, that's a little different. I mean, at the very least, she ended up with te- with a baseball team that wins a lot of games, so she's got that going for her. Doesn't win enough championships for how high their payroll is. Yeah, baseball is a whole different conversation. You know, you talk about championships and it being a team game, you know, in every single sport, correct? And, you know, we're trying to get people away from the quarterback win stack because that's just hey, completely yep. dumb, dumb. Yep. You can just look Pitch at your wins too. playoff games and Roger's stats side by side, and that'll tell you right then and there that that is really, really dumb. But baseball, where there's no cap room, and you can kind of just, hey, come and play for the Yankees because we have a shit ton of money. Or the Dodgers, or the Mets, right. or the Red Sox, or the Cubs, or the Angels. You know, like or the Padres. 
there's there's a ton of teams like that. If you can just spend however much money you want because your team makes a shit ton of money, and like Tyler said, they're the most popular team. Every damn rap video, there's a guy wearing a Yankees hat. <laughs> so sure. if you look at it that way, I mean, the Yankees should win more championships. So should the Dodgers, but, you know, the only one they won was the COVID championship. So. No, I mean, they got – just like the Lakers, they got them fake little rings. <laughs> so no, I'm not trying to get So Taylor, Taylor said he's like that with hockey and soccer. I have no recommendations for a soccer team for, for you to suggest. Uh, yeah, for maybe. hockey, for hockey I can make a suggestion. I would suggest the Nashville Predators. Like my wife and I, we are Nashville Predators fans because they're a minor league team, the Milwaukee Admirals plays in wisconsin so we have that we have milwaukee to nashville connection no nhl team that's why we cheer for the predators so that's fair i completely understand your your reasoning taylor for your hockey and soccer team i don't get into soccer not my jam um i think it's really really cool the soccer game that happened this weekend at Lambeau. Really, really awesome to see Lambeau as a packed house, man. I'll, that'll never get old. Flora said that actually today. He said it felt nice did. to be to be there and to have Lambeau Field full of, of fans. Yeah, he said it kind of jump started. I'm getting excited for today, man. I'm like, hey, do it every year then. Think of all the money that the, the surrounding cities of Green Bay. That's made that's that what it is. Like like soccer is so big in Europe. Like the NFL in America is like how soccer is in Europe. Like it yep. runs the entire continent. Yep. Um, hockey. Yelich just made a tough catch in the sun. It's a nice. Play. Yeah, man. They opened the roof Yelich, like halfway through the damn game. Yelich has a gold glove, but he has like a bronze arm. Oh, well. He doesn't have a good arm, but like his legs and his glove, he will get there. If, so. if Yelich has a bronze arm, what does the guy from the Twins have? Oh, that that throw last night was horrible. Yeah, I don't know. That I was, was like, like that was like that was like when Fifty Cent did that first pitch a couple years ago, and he just like <laughs> spiked it into the ground. <laughs> Bro, that was nowhere near. I was like, oh, it's a way to take the drama out of the whole situation, guy. <laughs> Dude, it would have been funny if like one of the sound guys would have been watching when that happened and like played like the sound of breaking glass. <laughs> so I was watching on my app last night. I was watching on Tyrone Taylor just made another catch. So Jake McGee got out of the inning with only one run. I see that. Um, yeah, we needed updates for our boy. Um, I was watching and the Brewers cast wasn't working. So I had to watch the twins. So I had to listen to the twins commentators. And I got to say, it was a little bit enjoyable. And they weren't even bad. They were pretty good. They weren't, like, all for the Twins. Like, they were pretty even on both sides, in my opinion. But it was it was kind of better listening to them lose than listening to my team win a little bit because I knew how sad it made some people in Minnesota because they just hate Wisconsin so much. Oh, I've, I got to say it now. I got to talk about it. So I've been reading a lot of comments lately. Man, holy cow, man. There's a Vikings fan today that said Rodgers is going to throw under 3,000 yards. Like, yes. why? What do you get from saying dumb shit like that? Like, literally, what do you get from that? Like, you, would, you would really rather have the attention of 50 people calling you stupid than saying something that, like, might be, you know, up for debate and actually having people mm. respect your opinion. No. How is that a choice like that that you make that you're like, nah, I'd rather have people think I'm dumb than to have people respect my opinion. Like I, I can't wrap my head around that. Do people really think that because we lost Devontae and yes, it's going to be a big adjustment. Again, we're going to get into this later about stuff that people have said, but 
My God. Like, do you really think that Devontae is really going to hurt Rodgers that much? Like, Rodgers didn't exist before 2014. That's that's the thing. That's Come like, on. It seems like fans that, that, you know, rival fans that think Devontae made Aaron Rodgers, like, started watching football in 2017. Yeah. Like, I got, in, I got into a debate today, and I brought up the 2012 season. And the dude's like, 10 years ago, LOL. It's like, that was the last time he didn't have a locked and loaded wide receiver one. Yeah. So that's that's why I go back that far. He had an MVP the year before that. He's had two MVPs in the last two years. So it's not like his play level has diminished in the last 10 years. So I don't really see why that's not a relevant example to use. So um, I'll get into that more later, um, and I'll get into it more when we do our Packers show next Friday. And um, I, I'm still kicking around uh, possibly writing an article about it too. So um Taylor likes our, our content, and there's going to be a lot more of it. Yeah, he was. Hey, I really think Randall Cobb was – he was great, man. Uh, you saw, obviously, that Cardinals game. He was basically our number one. It's a little bit easier to scheme stuff up from the inside rather than the outside in the NFL. Um, we'll, Steelers we'll get, game two. We will, we will get into that. Yeah, he was great in the Steelers game. He had a couple touchdowns, uh, both those games, but – you know, the game that he really impressed me, he didn't even play the second half, was the Rams. I mean, that's a, that's a big-time pl- uh, playoff implications game. Yes, you're at home, and obviously you play to play at home. But, I mean, they got a lot of superstars over there in L.A. And for Randall Cobb to just be going crazy, he had like 95 yards, I believe, in the first half, had a really big return, uh, run after catch, I mean. And then he had a, he had a play where he lined up in the backfield, he caught the ball, and he ran up the field a lot, I mean. Randall Cobb was really good last year before he got hurt. I agree. And I'm not even expecting Watkins to be crazy, man. I mean, I'm not expecting just out there demanding number one corners respect. I mean, that's all I can ask for him. He's going to make plays. Roger's going to give him the ball. This is the thing. I said this during LaFleur's talking today that, that Pete, like Packers fans collectively have to let go of having the guy that's going to get 12 targets a game, get, Get that out of your mind. The Packers are not going to have that this year unless Alan Lazard takes a much bigger leap forward than people are expecting him to. Like I'm expecting Lazard to take a to take a step forward as he's growing in, you know, into a bigger and bigger role, which I'll talk about later. But people gotta let go of the wide receiver one concept of a guy who's gonna get 10 targets a game, 12 targets a game, and finish with 150 receptions. And you know, 14, 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like the Packers aren't going to have that guy this year. So, again, we're going to talk more about the Packers later. Um, Brewers just got their first out of the bottom of the seventh inning. Are they back to back to the top of the order. It's a lefty batting. Nope, it's not Yelich. It's that Omar. Oh, it's Caratini's up to bat. All right, Caratini's up, bottom of the seventh. Yeah, Matt, did you, Matt, were you able to check out the first Packers show that we did with Simon and Bryant? Um, I threw out the possibility of Aaron Jones having an 80 reception season, and I'm going to stand by that, actually, and I have more evidence to suggest the possibility of it. I am very excited to talk Packers. I mean, I'm excited to talk Brewers too. Don't get me wrong, but you know the Packers just 
I've told people this for years, man, that the Packers are my religion. They they are my church on Sunday, so I'm I'm excited that they're back. Uh, I'm excited to talk about these Brewers draftees, man. Uh, got some some pretty interesting guys, man. Stuff that I look up. So I think I think we're in good shape. And you know, one thing that I found out, little nugget that I found out, is that uh, MLB.com thinks the Brewers have one of the deepest farms in terms of catcher. Which oh. I was like, oh, interesting. Can I think it's draft like Mar- like Mario Feliciano is one guy who's like right on the cusp, um, and then I think like Jefferson Quiro, I think he's in, I think he's in Double A um, mm-hmm. with the Shuckers. Um, I think those are the two main guys as far as catchers are concerned. Yeah, man, when I was reading stuff. Uh, a lot of a lot of writers, you know, when I was reading about Matt Wood, who we drafted, um, he said he goes to a very talented farm system with the Brewers. That's what I should go find that article and I'll show you the writer that said that. <laughs> you want to hear a nasty Brewers stat? Yes, I do. So, Kurt Hogg from the Journal Sentinel just tweeted this <laughs> Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff have combined for 13 outings of 10 plus strikeouts and no walks in 111 career starts. So, that's 13 of 10 plus strikeouts, no walks in 111 career starts. Every other pitcher in Brewers history has 26 such games in 8,178 starts. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's stat of the week material right there. Wow. That's impressive. Here's another one. Corbin Burns became the first Brewer to throw 100-plus pitches in seven consecutive starts since Taylor Youngman in 2015. My God. I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah. There's a random I, I have – oh, man, I don't know where it is. I have it somewhere. I have a bobblehead. It was a Ghostbusters bobblehead. Um, <laughs> it was. It was. It was Ghostbusters. So it was like Ghostbusters Day, and it was Jeremy Jeffress, Taylor Youngman. Oh, man, I don't remember who the other two pitchers were on it. Oh, it might have been Will Smith. One more. Oh, it's gonna bother me. Tim I don't know who the other one was. Tim Dillard. No, it wasn't Tim Dillard. Tim Dillard's getting his number retired by the National Sounds. Friend of the show, Tim Dillard. Yeah. Congrats, man. Seriously. Um, dang it, that's gonna bother me. I don't remember who the other one was that was on the Ghostbusters bobblehead. I'm just gonna Google it. Brewers' best pitching duo ever, and I would agree with that. Oh, 100%, dude. Okay, so it was Jeremy Jeffers. Oh, Jimmy Nelson was the other one. Ah, that makes so sense. So it was Jeremy Jeffress, Jimmy Nelson, Taylor Youngman, and Will Smith. But they're all obviously wearing the Ghostbusters outfits, so that was awesome. Got <laughs> <laughs> a commercial break right now. I got to say, so like I've talked a lot of smack about Bally Sports and their app and how poorly that's worked. Matt, I don't know if you can sympathize with that. Um, but last night I was watching on the new Bally Sports app. I don't know if it's just an update or what, but they have like a side menu 
so you can bring up like the pitcher versus batter stats and it tells you all the pitches yep. and stuff that is actually really nice so as long as the app doesn't freeze you know every 35 45 seconds i do really like that feature i miss having valley sports I wish they would just make a deal with YouTube, man. Just make a deal with YouTube. John Hill Gustave is in. His ERA is lower than I thought it would be. He's given up some runs in his last couple appearances. His ERA is only 426. Yeah, but some of the runs he gave was not responsible for people on base, too. So Broadcast just rolls again on YouTube. Matt, do you – so if you live in Indiana – does it like do you get blacked out if they're playing in like say Cincinnati or something like that or like do you you do you get like Milwaukee games blacked out? Like I know people around here that have MLB TV and they can't even they still can't watch Brewers games. So it's like that yeah, be... dude, the blackouts are bad. Like they're that's why. Like I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like I really believe that Major League Baseball is in danger of being passed by the NHL in popularity. I'd be Not anytime soon, but the the groundwork is being laid with the NHL getting some games on TNT and, and ESPN. They're getting showed on ESPN a lot more too. Mm. Yeah, he gets blacked out for Reds, Cubs, and White Sox. Mm. <laughs> oh, interesting. Gustave. Oh. That's interesting. The 49ers cut D Ford. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I mean, he hasn't been that impressive. I haven't heard about him since he left, to be honest with you. And banged up. Hmm. Byron Buxton. I mean, we'll take him on the Brewers. Ooh, he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I would take him. I actually just wrote the Miami Marlins are apparently listening to offers on everybody not named Alcantara. So it's like Jazz Chisholm. Like, I don't think it's likely that they would trade him. He's probably their second least likely to be traded player, but mm -hmm. I would definitely take him on the Brewers and he could be our second baseman of the future. Matt, you should definitely move to Wisconsin. It's a nice place. It is filled with some nice people. People will be nice to your face, but talk shit about you on the internet if you play left tackle for the Packers. <laughs> Tyler likes to just turn that song, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I like Wisconsin. It's a good little place, man. Can't complain too much. I am excited for. I always get excited around September, October time because then I know I'm not going to sweat my ass off. Mm. <laughs> That's the best time of year. I mean, obviously football is back and basketball comes back in October, late October, but um, I just like it because of the weather. The weather's beautiful during the fall, in my opinion. Med school, so I'm stuck. My wife is in med school, so I'm stuck in southern Indiana for another two years at least. Oof. Wow. We'll be cheering for your, your wife to get through med school because I've heard some horror stories, man. I have heard some horror stories. Oh, look at the backup. Wow. Luis Arias was ranging over to make a play at third base. The ball got like right by his glove, but Willie Adamas was right behind him, backing him up like a bro should and still threw out Miguel Sano at first base. 
Yeah, Willie's got a freaking cannon, dude. Dude, that's what I said to you last night when you were saying that you want to see Willie's offense get going. Um, I'm like, at least he's playing really good defense still. Rowdy's over there smiling. Man, what a play. Because you know Willie's talking shit, bro. Come on. <laughs> you know he's talking funny. <clears throat> he's, like, he's probably like, you shouldn't have hit it. You almost made me miss the ball. Right. <laughs> He looked like he said, like, an ole. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's exactly what that was. <laughs> I like Urias, man. I've uh, grown, grown a strong like for him over the last couple of years. I went from not knowing much to, you know, starting watching a lot more games. What up, James? How you doing, buddy? Um, Really liking him, man. He's a, And he's super young. We are, we are super young over there on the left side, man. So that's mm-hmm. that's nice. And he definitely has the best batting stance, not the worst, which a lot of people like to say he has the best. Yeah, their relationship is funny. Like the other day when Adamus was like playing with his hair, I was like, what? <laughs> what? They're just bros. <laughs> they're just broing out, man. Yeah, they're just bros. <laughs> yeah. Austin is at work. Good thing the boxes at the stadium give zero fucks. Well, that's good, man. What do you we, do there, by the you're, way? So you're watching us watch the Brewers. Got that yeah, you're watching on. us watch baseball. Deek. Suck it. Yeah, we went from 86,000 people to 29,000 people. So, now, I don't want to say, but is it at all possible that those 57,000 people are not watching us? That would be nice. <laughs> They're on YouTube. So That's we true. We are Brewers. on YouTube as well. That is true. Brewers on there. Maybe we'll get connected. That is true. At stadium, I work in the warehouse stocking concession stands. Probably a lot more to do than people would expect, in my opinion. I feel like it'd be cool to walk around the stadium when it's quiet and not like not yeah. like crazy, and it doesn't sound like a high school cafeteria at all times. And and you know that Derrick Henry makes you know thousands and thousands of people go crazy there. He does not work at Lambeau. He he lives in Tennessee for the people watching. Yeah, he works he works at Nissan Stadium. Matt said this is better content than the YouTube broadcast. You know, one of the guys in the booth sounded like a former brewer. I couldn't figure out who it was just by his voice. But like a couple of the things that were said was like, uh, mm, no, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> um but you know. If they're so, only doing like what one game every other week or something like that on there, yeah, and we do this every week, every Wednesday, and, and soon pretty- we're going to be doing Wednesdays and Fridays. Yeah. I think that's part of the reason why we're so excited for Packers season this year is because we're doing more with it 
mm-hmm. we're doing more with our Packers content this year. You know, we're not trying to pack it in on Wednesdays in addition to, you know, we could get into September and October where it could potentially be the the Packers, the Badgers, the Bucks, and the Brewers all playing at the same time in October. You know, that would be really tough to try to pack all of that into a two, two and a half, even a three hour show. And that would be super long. So if we can just do all of our regular stuff on Wednesdays, do the Packers on Fridays, that way we can give everything the proper amount of, of discussion. So, um, and then in addition to that, we're bringing in Bryant and Simon with us when, we're, when we do the Packers shows. And um, Bryant for sure is going to join us today when we switch to Packers after we talk about the Brewers. Um, and maybe Simon, it's going to depend on if he can get out of work on time. So, uh, <clears throat> uh, James, I got a question for you. Just for Nissan Stadium, you got to watch all of the Titans games last year. Was it exciting to watch Julio Jones stand on the sidelines the entire year? I just want Packers fans to listen to this this part. Read mm. this comment. Was it was that fun to watch him just stand on the sidelines all year? Because you know we're going to give him six million dollars to do that. Apparently, that's what everybody wanted to do. <laughs> did you just read the back chat? I bet you did. <laughs> the Brewers are booing you all. Scoreboard, lol. You all spanked us. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you, know you, got you ready to? Us, uh, that's fair. All right, you oh, ready to one. to talk about the Brewers here? Or yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. I'll shut this off. Okay. So I, I mean, it's it's ten to four. I'm gonna leave it on in the background, but I'm gonna turn the volume down. Ten four. You wanted to start with games or Brewers draft? I don't remember. Were you saying 10-4 like you understood what I was saying, or were you confirming the score? That's a dad joke for you. That's both. Both of those things. <laughs> both. <laughs> uh, Tim, Tim, I really hope you didn't like cry yourself to sleep or anything last night about the Brewer, the, the Packers not signing Julio. Like, <laughs> I, I wasn't anticipating it happening, but I hope it didn't like put too much of a damper on your day. All right, I think so we only wanted it to dream. fuck with you, really. I <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I think that's what he wanted. Maybe that maybe that's what it was. I don't know. All right, so we're gonna start with the Brewers draft. Um, we're gonna talk pretty much just about the main guys. Um, I think Jake's got a little bit extra on some of them, but um, for me, I went through just about the the top eleven picks. Um, the guys that were made in the first couple days, just because of, like once you get after that, it's gonna be guys that are either gonna be um, going to college or just guys that we're still waiting on to find out what's going to be the case with them. Um, so those I, I didn't dive into quite as deep just because there's still a lot of question marks after you get past that. Um, so we'll see. Um, James said he's excited that he has more career fumbles against the Saints than touchdowns. That's – dude, Julio, Julio has – a lot of yards, but not a lot of touchdowns. Like Julio is the case study of whether you would rather have yards or touchdowns, and I would much rather have the touchdowns. It's it's he really is, not even a contest. He really is the polar opposite of Devontae. For a few years there, he, even when Devontae was getting a thousand yards, he was getting double digit touchdowns. Mm-hmm. That's that's I easily that. like I would easily rather have a guy that gets fourteen or fifteen touchdowns and a thousand yards than a guy that gets. 2,000 yards, but only six touchdowns. I agree with that. I'm with that. All right. 
So we're going to start with the Brewers draft. Uh, we'll start with Eric Brown. He is a second baseman slash shortstop. Um, he batted 330, 460 on base percentage and 544 slugging. Um, we're going to start with this. He's a very good plate disciplined player. Um, he actually talked about hating striking out. Like he literally said that he hates striking out. Um, he's a guy, he had 39 walks and 26 strikeouts yep. in his last year in college. So he's, he's going to start a trend here. Um, as far as we get to, to guys with plate discipline and good contact. So, um, James said, Michael Thomas was the epitome of receptions. He got the yards that went with it. Cause he had so many, that's, that's true. I mean, you dink and dunk 20 times a game and you're, you're going to end up with 12 to 15 receptions for at least a hundred yards. You don't break a tackler to everyone. Wow. That's how the NFL works. Yeah. Yep. Um, sorry, Brown, uh, little notes that I wrote down is he's a great contact hitter. Uh, Obviously, Tyler said his average 330. You're not going to be a great contact guy without a 330. So, I mean, those things go hand in hand. Uh, Tyler talked about low strikeout percentage. That's one thing that was glaring to me was low strikeout percentage, and it's a beautiful thing to see because, you know, there are there are players that don't mind striking out. They're up there to swing the bat. It is what it is. But it shows mm-hmm. that he has good plate discipline and he understands the strike zone. That's a maturity thing. Um, he is also a little tidbit. I wrote down for the guys that are in the top 100, uh, Eric Brown is the number 63 prospect on MLB.com, so that's that's pretty good to start out. Um, yeah. it'd be nice if he could flip over to second base, though, in my opinion, since we have Willie locked up for a little bit and he is the shortstop in, of the future, in my opinion. I don't know if he'll still be there when Eric Brown is around and up on the majors, but if he could make himself versatile and go either or, it's just something to look forward to for the future. Uh, James, we're going to do Brewers, and we're going to do Packers today, actually, as well, when we get past yeah. the Brewers, so. Um, <clears throat> next guy is Jacob Mizorowski. He actually came from Crowder College. It's actually the same college that Aaron Ashby came from. Um, he's six foot seven and can hit 101 miles an hour. And he looked like I did when I was coming out of high school, where I was all yeah. height and no weight. Um, yeah. Dude is super skinny. So the Brewers talked about um, that they can potentially add to his frame. Um, and he's got really good stuff. He um, throws a fastball, slider, uh, curveball, changeup. At 136 strikeouts in 76 innings. That's insane. Yeah. And then like um, 45 walks and a 2.72 yeah. ERA. He was committed to LSU, had offers from Oklahoma, Missouri, uh, TCU, Texas, and Texas A&M. Yep. Uh, this guy um... – he looks like like the Slim Reaper up there on the mound. You know, you got to think, how tall is the mound again? Uh, a foot? A couple feet? Maybe? I, I don't know. I know it's so either or, six inches of home plate. That's what I know. Either or, he's up there tall. And like you said, he only weighs 190. So I wanted to look up his weight when I was watching it. I was like, how much does this guy weigh? His fastball is almost his weight. <laughs> he's up there. <laughs> his long-ass arm is way the hell out of, out of nowhere. You know, he's just coming down at you, and it's coming. It's either mid nineties, mid upper nineties, or a hundred. You know, so if and he also has a has a pretty nice slider from what I saw. So if he can develop a third pitch, this guy can really become a tool. He is the number seventy eight prospect on MLB.com. Mm. All right, so he's just a guy. Uh, Tyler's throwing out the numbers. I'm just going to give you a little tidbits to add on, just things to look forward to. He's got a fastball, overpowering fastball, and a nice slider. All right, what about what about Robert Moore? 
Oh man, this this guy. You know, I asked you a question. I was like, should we pick our favorite? This guy would be my favorite. This guy would be my favorite that's, player, that's Robert fair. Moore. Um, he is athletic. He's a fast little sob. Um, he hits for average. And when I was reading about him, they said that he has the potential to become a Gold Glover in the infield, in the middle infield, and that is something that can be very valuable. You know, all those little little chopper hits up the middle, the hard ones. Like if you could become a Gold Glover up the middle, that's why having Colton Wong is nice. Having Willie Adamas, who you know his glove isn't the greatest, but it's very very good. But his arm talent is phenomenal. He had slashes of 283, 384, and 558. He had 16 homers and 53 RBIs, so he has a little bit of pop in that bat too. Um, he's going to compare it to Ray Durham for all the people that remember Ray Durham. Uh, played for the White Sox, played for the Giants, and he played one year in the Brewers in 2008. I didn't remember Ray Durham. I had to look him up, but he has a 277 career average. So if you play, if you play 15 years with a 277 average, you're a pretty good hitter in the majors, in my opinion. It seems like everybody's getting the let's go home strike call. <laughs> All right. So for Robert Moore, Jake mentioned, yeah, Jake mentioned that he has gold glove capability. He actually won the gold glove at Arkansas last year at second base. Um, so he's he's already got a gold glove, albeit a college one. But um, he's also a switch hitter. Um, the Brewers did mention that when they drafted him, they view him as a uh, as a shortstop, actually. So okay. he might just be a, a middle infield prospect that they use at shortstop who can also play some second base. Um, Either way. So he's basically a defense. He's a guy that gets on base. He's a good base runner. And I, actually what I read about him, he's got some sneaky power. So he might he might actually offer like some all-around capability with also some versatility. So I like that from Robert Moore. So I totally would not fault you if he was your favorite pick from the draft. All right, you want to go on the Dylan O'Ray, I believe is how you say this? Yes. Not okay. a lot of information about him, but I do know that he is officially no. assigned with the Brewers. But he came out of Canada, which is why there's not a ton of information on him. But from what I got from him, he's a shortstop. He's good at putting the barrel on the ball, and he's a good base runner. That's that's all I could really find from him. Yeah, I couldn't find no stats. Uh, I found that he was fast, contact hitter, and a great athlete. Also, he's a tiny little SOB, man. 5'8", 140. He's a tiny little dude. Uh, but I will take Jose Altuve on my team. Nothing wrong with mm. that. <laughs> All right. What about Matt Wood? He can add to the to the catcher rankings for the Brewers. Oh, he won the Big Ten batting title at 379. He also had a 1.147 OPS. So that's very, very good. Very high, over 1,000. Um, he's a lefty bat. Uh, he has the pop, and he, he's very solid uh, behind the plate defense-wise. Uh, defensive wise, but he's he's a big guy, man. He's six four, so a lot of scouts uh, were saying that he might be a guy that can be a catcher because he can handle it athletically and defensively. He's good, but he might be a guy that can be moved to first base. Is what they kind of see his future mm. as. Okay, um, you mentioned his his batting average. He actually was second in Big Ten in OPS as well. Um, yeah. He had a <laughs> an eleven seventy five OPS. That's insane. A 379 batting average is high, but an 1175 OPS is just nuts. Um, and he's another guy, kind of like what I mentioned with Eric Brown, kind of setting a trend of 36 walks and only 26 strikeouts. So the Brewers were really prioritizing guys that hit for contact, guys that hit for average, um, yep. guys that have good plate discipline. That seemed like what the Brewers were really targeting in the draft. So um, we can move on to Tyler Wessner. And this is going to be another one of your things, man. 
You're going to be able to pat yourself on the back in a couple of years. I can already see it. I already see the parade. I see everything falling from the sky. And I'm like, oh, God, Tyler's going to be right again. <laughs> <laughs> Will, who, who, I have Will Rudy's, Rudy as the sixth guy. Um, all I found on him, he has a 362 ERA, 96 strikeouts, 87, and 87 innings pitch. So whenever you're, you're striking people out at that high of a clip and you're keeping your ERA low, that's a good thing in my opinion. All right. Now do Tyler Westner. Now do Tyler Westner. He's a guy that was just mainly a bullpen guy, if you looked up his stats, and he moved to starter. Um, the scouts say he has four four pitches that have swing and miss potential. So I'm thinking four pitches. I'm thinking he's got a fastball. I'm thinking he's got a slider, uh, probably a changeup. Um, I don't I was know what the fourth one is. I have it written down. What is it? It's a knuckle curve. Knuckle curve. Oh, I love the knuckle curve, man. On a video it's game, kind of, though. it's kind of a rarity these days. A lot of guys throw knuckle curves. Not a lot of guys throw splitters either, and I feel like splitter is one of the more underrated pitches in my I th- opinion. I think in the last probably I don't know maybe five years or so with the analytics revolution that's going on in baseball, I feel like sinkers have become so popular just yeah. because they induce so many ground balls. Like not everybody throws sinkers like Corbin Burns does, but like Adrian Hauser throws a sinker. It gets him a shit ton of ground balls. That's what makes him an effective pitcher is by getting guys to ground out a lot. Um, Jason Alexander is a sinker baller. Like, you know, that's it. I feel like sinker has become a really popular pitch the last couple of years. Wow, man. Uh, I'm just saying a splitter, man, one of my favorite pitches. If there's a splitter ball pitcher, and I know the freaking the Pirates, their closer has one, and it was destroying us the time that we lost to them a couple of times. But I like the splitter. Uh, but knuckle curve, that's high on the list. That's a very, very good pitch. Bryant asked if splitters are bad for the arm, if he remembers. I will I will look into that. Um, I'll let you talk about oh. Ben Metzinger quick. I'm going to write this down to look into if, if splitters are bad ben for the arm. Metzinger, he's a third baseman. He has good power. He had 19 home runs last year, and he's a pretty good contact guy. He had over 300. He had 312. Um, he had 66 runs scored. And, Tyler, get ready for this. 69 RBIs. Nice. <laughs> 69 so, RBIs in 62 games. That's yeah. that's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of batting runs in. You're producing. <laughs> um, yeah. So he's playing the hot corner, and I. they say he has above average defense. Uh, what I saw is he made a couple of nice plays in the highlight reels. Um, ben Metzinger, maybe he'll be a, he'll be in the hot corner pretty soon. Yeah, he's he came out of Louisville too, so probably one of the more recognizable draft picks that the Brewers made instead of grabbing guys out of Cowder College and Canada and high school. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, with Metzinger, he's another guy. He batted 312, 427, 591. That was his slash line from last year. So very, very good numbers there. And then another guy, 51 walks, 45 strikeouts. So another guy that the Brewers drafted that walks more than he strikes out. So again, more guys looking for contact and play discipline. So all right, you have Nate Peterson next. I do. I have Nate Peterson next. All right, go um, ahead. What I have a Nate Peterson is he he looked like a guy that had very good command of his pitches, and he looked comfortable up there. Didn't look like he got rattled too much. Um, but he needs a little bit more velocity um, to be an everyday starter. Obviously, we got guys like Brett Suter that are still surviving, but it's few and far between this day and age. Velocity is king. Um, but he did have 102. Sh- strikeouts in 88 innings pitch 21 to compared to 21 walks so i mean when you put those slashes up there and you're looking at it that's why i say the command that's probably the biggest thing that pitchers have to learn coming in is the command 
and you and can that's, train yourself in velocity. That's what keeps Brett Suter in the league is that yeah. he's you know he's he's his tempo is also a really different thing than most guys are used to seeing, mm-hmm. uh, just because he works so fast, it works quickly. Um, but you know he's he's just out there painting corners. Yeah. Is, is part of is what Brent Suter does. So, um, you know, Nate Peterson actually being a left-handed pitcher, um, you could possibly actually draw some comparisons there, and you can see a route to Major League Baseball for him using a guy like Brent Suter as an example. Uh, yeah. So we can switch to Brian Fitzpatrick, who is also a lefty. Dude is mm-hmm. six foot seven. Yeah, Brewers drafted say- two six foot seven dudes. You you could have said that twice. He's also left-handed and he's also six foot seven. So yeah, just two. Imagine two giant dudes coming at you. Two lefties, one from the right, one from the left, back to back days. It's intimidating. Uh, yeah, and they're, they're both throwing hundred miles an hour at you. So there's Chris. He's back. Your boy. Your boy's back. Let's go. Oh my hype man, Christopher's back. I gotta He's get to back. my comments here. Now him and Taylor gotta fight again. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tim Taylor and Chris. Um, ah, Chris said my stack guy. I shared a couple earlier in the show about Corbin Burns, but I got more. I'll always have more. Um, Christopher, if you want, you want you can get in on the uh, the fantasy football league this year for Wisco Fanatics. We're gonna have some openings on that. So if yeah. uh, if you want to send me a message or send the show a message, uh, you can get in on the fantasy football league this year also. All right, so. Ben Metzinger or Brian Fitzpatrick is the next one. Six foot seven lefty. Um, He made four starts last year, 19 innings pitch, um, 12 hits, two walks, 19 strikeouts, no runs. That's, that's nasty. Um, Yeah. Christopher is on rotation until May. I mean, like, I mean, if you, um, I'm not sure what the time difference is, but um, I mean, if you're interested, we can we can still see. I mean, if, if we need a guy, we'll you can always, uh, you. yeah, it's yours if you want it. Ooh, almost. Brewers got one out in the top of the ninth. All right. So, did you want to say anything about Brian Fitzpatrick? No, he's just another massive human being. You know, standing up there already getting 90 plus miles per hour. You know, in pitch at you, and then it's six seven. I mean. He's also not as skinny uh, as uh, I'm blanking on the name here, Jacob Mizorowski. Um, he's also not a, not as skinny as him, but he's still pretty skinny. But I mean, it's just intimidating having a six seven guy come down at you like that. I will message about ten hours ago. I mean, Chris, all we're asking for, dude, we're not asking you to be crazy in the waiver wire or anything. Just set your lineup. If you just set your lineup, that's all we're asking for. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're. I told Tim and I told the, the fantasy football group chat that we're going to finish ironing out the details soon, but we're looking at something like 20 bucks. So it's not like a huge thousand dollar league or anything like that. Um, yeah, you don't have to stress about it too much. Another catcher on the last, this is actually the last one. So um, Jake, if you want to take the lead on this one, this is the last guy that I wrote down about just because there's so many question marks after that. Yeah. He is also very tall. He's also six, four. Um, he, he gets a lot of walks and is a great contact skills. His slashing is 364, uh, 484 for the on-base percentage, and 636 for slugging percentage. He had nine home runs and 48 RBIs. But, yeah, he's just another big guy. The Brewers, I feel like this draft – I mean, there's a guy they drafted for the second time, Aiden Maldonado. Um, they really – they filled some holes, in my opinion, and really filled up – I think they did a very, very nice job. 
couple catchers, couple shortstops, you know, left-handed pitchers, right-handed pitchers, power pitchers, contact guys. I mean, they did a very nice job. So Hall fits that bill also. He's had a one a one one twenty OPS in his last uh-huh. year in junior college. And again, 40 walks, 22 strikeouts. Another guy that did more walks than strikeouts. So that's that was really the theme that I noticed from the Brewers draft. Um, I don't know if there's anybody else that you wanted to highlight. For me, I'm kind of just waiting to see more. Um, just waiting to see more signings or guys that are committed to, to college. Yeah, to be honest with you, a lot of these guys, I mean, Aiden Maldonado was drafted for the second time. I didn't look up much about him. But most of the other guys, like Zane, he he is going to Texas Tech. Uh, Cameron Wagner, he's committed to MSU. Um, Brady Neal's com- uh, committed to LSU. MSU and LSU, so two different schools. Um, but, I mean, other than that, a lot of these guys are really going to college. I didn't see a they lot of them. a switch pitcher. I believe he's going to Mississippi State. Yeah, oh, I was so happy for him, too. I was I like, know. oh, I wanted him. I know. Oh, that would have been sick. Uh, but you know what? I feel, I still feel like they had a really, really good draft. Middle infield is hard to get yeah. uh, if you get a star there. Uh, pitching, obviously pitching is always going to be at the forefront with baseball. And the yeah. Brewers are one of the best at developing. So if you give me two giant six seven dudes that can throw gas, we can help develop them a third or fourth pitch. Yep. Yeah, I'll take that all day. <laughs> and then some more catchers to add to apparently which one is one of the best group of catchers in the minors. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send that shit to you. But what that guy said, uh-huh. I was just like, whoa, whoa, really. Strzelecki just caught uh Arias trying to hit a giant home run, had him way out in front. Oh twins are down to their last strike. Do it right before uh, some less home run round out. I thought Willie got all of that, man. Brewers won. All right. There you go. That's all we needed. All right. Let's start with let's start with Brewers Rockies. We're gonna run through the Brewers four uh Rockies games and then the first game of the twins series, and then maybe touch a little bit on today's game that just ended. Um and then we're gonna be talking Packers. So I'm excited to get to it. Like I don't want to rush through the Brewers, but I'm excited well, I know. to talk about the Packers. There's, still, there's so, many, like just... so many little notes to talk about with the, with the Packers, too. Um, yeah. And mainly we're, we're excited to talk about the Packers because the, the offseason is so long with football. But mm-hmm. let's talk about this. Uh, Brewers-Rockies. Brewers won this first game 6-5. to five. Uh, Burns started this game. Uh, five innings pitch, six hits, two walks, two earned runs, and five Ks. So, I mean, not a crazy good game by Corbin Burns standards, but still good enough to give his – his team a chance to win, and that's the name of the game. I was watching a game the other day, actually, and uh, CC, it was on MLB Network, and CC Sabathia, and there was a couple other players on there, but CC was talking, and he was actually talking about pitcher wins, you know, and you wanted to talk about this, and you don't like this. And he said when he went out there, the only thing he wanted to do was give his team a chance to win. Did I leave my team in a good position to win the game? And that's all you can ask for, right? Mm-hmm. So Corbin Burns. He gave the, the Brewers a chance to win. I mean, we used a lot of pitchers in this game. Obviously, this is the one that went extra, and yep. he just hit the walk-off. But, I mean, Gott looked, looked pretty good. I mean, I know he gave up a run, but I still think he looked good. Boxberger yep, is probably his, his only good outing of the week, probably. Um, nope. Devin Williams. He, Devin Williams he pitched well yesterday. Williams. He did. He did. Uh, Box, uh, Williams did Devin Williams things. Uh, Josh Hader did Josh Hader things. He looked much better in this one. Uh, Gustave. I don't know how I feel about that guy. I don't want to hate on him, but he gets me. He gets me in my feelings every once in a while. I start sweating a little bit when they when they show him on the TV. Uh, Holby Milner, 
He's a, he's a, he's like our Pat Connaughton for the Brewers, in my opinion. That's a really good comparison, actually. <laughs> he came out of nowhere. That's a good one. That's and a good all one. Sudden, he's just one of our favorites. Like he he's just playing. A, he's playing a bigger role than he was expected to. And that's exactly what Pat Connaughton walked into. He's setting screens. He's the dirty guy, right? Um, and then Brett Suter. I I was in love with Suter this week. He was awesome this week. Yep. Um, RBIs, McCutcheon, Renfro both had two. Adamas and Urias added. Uh, McCutcheon and Adamas uh, both homered in this game. Willie Adamas, if he gets a little bit more patient at the plate, could literally be a five-tool star, in my opinion. Yeah. He could He could be. He has that potential in him. because he, he has, has the ability to. love. Like, he has that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, <clears throat> so, after – um, actually, going into the All-Star break last week, I wanted to discuss a bunch of the ways the Brewers could potentially fix their offense. Um, I looked at striking out less, mm-hmm. um, swinging more at pitches in the zone, stuff like that. Um, using the opposite field was a big one. So <clears throat> the Brewers actually have been doing a lot of that since the break. Obviously, I'm just a guy who talks on a sports show and, and writes articles, but I'm not actually working in the Brewers organization. But the Brewers have implemented some of the things that I suggested. So I'm going to take that as a win but um this game nine of the brewers 11 hits were to the opposite field yes there it is (laughs) so so i just you know i'm just throwing that out there that i Uh did suggest that and it worked out well the brewers didn't end up winning this one in extra innings um suitor was crazy efficient in the 12th and the 13th inning um i think he had six pitches in the first inning and then like seven or eight in the second inning he threw like 14 pitches to get 12 outs oh no 12 it was 12 pitches to get six six outs yeah yeah um jake already mentioned devin williams and hobie milner um this was the longest game of the season uh and it's been the longest game that the brewers have played with the runner on second rule so i mean rightfully so yeah, that was the goal of the rule was to <laughs> not have 17, 18, 19, 20 game or 20 inning games. Um, <clears throat> Luis Urias was down 0-2 and he got that hit to right center to drive in Davis. Um, only Victor Caratini and Mike Brasso, who had two at-bats for Caratini and one at-bat for Brasso, were the only ones that didn't have hits. Um, and that's that's all I had from the first game. So we'll go into the second game. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, another gem from him. So he's been just absolutely dominant since coming mm-hmm. back from the injured list. Like there's there's nothing else that you could ask from from Brandon Woodruff since coming back from the draft. Um, yep. From the draft, I saw the word draft on the bottom because I forgot to switch the the, the graphic on there. I just since coming go. back from the injured list. <laughs> Injured yep. list. Um, Brandon Woodruff has been great. Uh, got a little bit of traffic in the first inning, but nothing after that. He had six innings pitched, only gave up four hits, only one walk, which is good to see. Uh, that's something we've kept an eye on with basically all of the Brewers pitchers. Yep. And then eight strikeouts. So um, Andrew McCutcheon had a walk. Colton Wong had a single. And then Hunter Renfro hit a bomb, his second in as many games. Um, and an absolute no-doubter. Um, yeah. And all with two outs as well. So Hunter Renfro's home run against in the first game was with two outs, and the second game was also with two outs. Um, Colton Wong got another hit in the bottom of the sixth. It just seemed like more guys were putting the ball in play and getting on base. And then Victor Caratini hit a two-RBI double. Um, Andrew McCutcheon ended up being the only player hitless, but he did draw a walk. So everybody that played got on base in this game. So 
Brewers just getting on base is really good to see. Colton Wong, like I mentioned when we were watching the game before, though he's not in my power pair, he easily could have been. Um, he was three for four in this game. Trevor Gott had a bounce back game in this game. Um, Brandon Woodruff's whip, that's walks and hits per inning pitch, is down to 116. So his whip is getting very low. And then um, Jake McGee, the new acquisition from the Giants, he was DFA'd earlier this year. He actually had 31 saves last season. So, you know, this, the signing of Jake McGee kind of reminded me of the signing of Hunter Strickland last year where they brought in a guy who had struggled in another place. Uh, he got cut, and now the Brewers just took a flyer on him. And, you know, it's it's really early into his Brewers tenure, but Mickey is pitching pretty well so far. So uh, what did you see from the second game of that series? Um, after I saw Renfro, Renfro, his second home run in as many days, I was like, man, this guy's turning into freaking Babe Ruth. the Rockies, man. Holy <laughs> shit. Now, he was hitting bombs, man. He had the airflow. He was hitting bombs. He was he was looking like the man. The high five after the home run is freaking sick. I love that celebration. Um. No, I think Yelly looked good um, all week. Uh, people need to chill on the Yelly shit. I still don't understand why people go at that guy. Um, he does his job. He does everything well. Uh, and he's Colton been Wong, doing his job much better since being in the leadoff spot. Oh, he just continues to get better, too. And it's months on months now of him being there. So it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't understand what you want from the guy. But whatever. Um, Colton Wong, like you said, looks like he was revitalized. He got an RBI in this game. Um, and I really like Carantini. He's a sneaky good acquisition this year. Um, he, he he's, both, he's made some other catchers on the roster potentially expendable. He has. I mean, um, he is on both sides. He plays great defense. I don't know what else he can ask for, seriously. Um, Especially for a guy they picked up like two days before the first game of the season. Right. Um, also, I just wanted to wanted to add on to that Woodruff, you know, train. He's That guy's awesome, man. Uh, he doesn't get as much love as he probably should because of sideburns and Burns gets the love that he deserves. I feel like Woody deserves a little bit more love, so I wanted to take this time and be like, he's almost as dominant as Burns at his best. That's how I feel. I mean, he finished, I think, fifth in Cy Young voting last year. He did. So we, we have two he in the top fifth, five pitchers. Fifth in all of baseball yeah. and second on his team. <laughs> Tough luck. <laughs> That's a good problem to have. <laughs> that is a good problem to have. I mean, Freddie Peralta, I think, finished like ninth or tenth. And we have had him all year. Voting. Basically, since May, yeah. So basically, um, we do actually have some good news on Freddie Peralta. He made a rehab stint on Sunday, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's scheduled to make one more, I believe, Friday. And if that goes well, Freddie Peralta might be back in a Brewers uniform sooner than later. Oh, that would be oh my god. And you shared the news about Jake Cousins. I did, and my guy Jake Cousins that I've called Nick Cousins a couple times on accident. <laughs> um, Jake Cousins is also rehabbing, and Justin Topa, a guy who's dealt with so many injuries, he's kind of like Mark Mathias, where it's just like every time he gets close to getting back, he kind of gets hurt again. That's been the case for Justin Topa for like the last two years, and now he's getting um, into rehab starts. So um, – the Brewers, you know, they they could go the way of just looking to acquire bats, even though Stearns has been a guy who's grabbed a lot of relief pitchers at the trade deadline as well. Um, they might just sit tight on relief, even though they could probably use a guy to replace a guy like John Del Gustave. But they might just sit tight knowing that there's reinforcements coming in the bullpen. Yeah. So um, if the Brewers don't trade for a reliever, I'm going to take that in the back of my mind that that Jake Cousins and Justin Topa might actually be available sooner than they, you know, um, sooner than they would need them 
as far as the postseason is concerned. But and um, this go ahead. Pitching staff's gonna get good, bro. This pitching pitching staff is gonna go from really good pitching staff that allows us to win a lot of games because our offense, you know, every once in a while becomes stagnant. Um, to, to one of the one of the best in baseball, no arguments. They're easily top two, top three at, when they're at their best and full. So you made you made a good a good uh, comparison. So I'm going to do the same now. Um, what Freddie Peralta potentially bringing back to the Brewers is similar reminds me of what Jair Alexander brings to the Packers. So Jair Alexander he got hurt early in the year. Freddie Peralta got hurt early in the year. And then when they come back, the boost that they give is huge. So the Packers are essentially adding, you know, a top two cornerback to the roster. The Brewers, you know, sometime early August will be essentially adding a top 10 pitcher to their starting rotation. That's nasty, bro. And you already have two of the top five. Think about that. That's that's not fair. Come on. That's not fair. And then if Hader and Williams, I mean, Williams has been amazing other than that one little tiny stint. But if Hader gets back to what he's doing, man, this team, oh, man, give us a bat, dude. We'll fuck around. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we'll fuck around. <laughs> yeah. Um, James, like, I know our show is, like, fun to watch and, like, you know, it's it's informative. We can make you laugh once in a while. But, like, watch where you're walking. Be careful. Be careful. Yeah, you can listen to the show. You know, yeah. You know, it's it's just us that you're looking at. There's not a ton of visual to the show except for looking at the people that are talking. But um, no, man. hopefully that'll be different. Jake and I are going to be doing um, a bonus episode on the first Friday of September, and we're going to be talking about the basics, some of the basics of of some sports, oh, and we're going to hopefully to have some visuals to go along with that. But I'm excited. Let's for get that. into. Really Brennan said that's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's go to the third game of that Rocky series. You want me to start? Or you yep. want to start? Go ahead. Yeah, I started start. the game too, so you can start for game um, three. Eric Lauer pitched uh, to start this game. He had four and a third, uh, six hits. He did have the three walks and the four earned runs. You know, they say it every time, and you can hear it 162 times if you are a devoted fan and you watch every single game. Walks lead to runs, and you, you're basically giving them a run. Um, that's just how it works. Look at Gustave. Gustave, one and a third. He had two walks, two earned runs. Boxberger, two walks, two earned runs. You cannot be giving free passes. And when I was watching this game, I'm like, golly, man, you know, a couple homers here, a little dinky, you know, single here, you know, and that's how they got their RBIs because they're allowing free base runners. You cannot do that. You're putting yourself in bad position. The Brewers ended up winning this game, as many bad things as I just said. But it took a lot of hits. I mean, Renfro, again, the guy said turned into Babe Ruth against the Rockies. The guy was amazing. Uh, Tyrone Taylor actually hit the ball instead of striking out every freaking oh, at bat. Yeah. God, that guy frustrates me so freaking much. He's any, he, it's so weird because like it'll be like zero, three, zero, three, one, three. Like that's how his strikeouts go if you look at his game log. It's yeah. <sighs> and oh my God. Dude, the freaking strikeout he had today, I think it was his third strikeout. Dude, the fucking thing was – I'm sorry for saying but it just pissed me off when I was watching. The son of a bitch ended up right down the damn middle. I'm like, how did you miss that? How are you wearing a Bruce uniform and you missed that? That sucker was right here. I was like, bro, I think I would have had a chance. I'm not going to lie. I, I, if there was bases loaded and you're telling me you have to throw over the plate, I would have had a good chance. I'm just going to tell myself to swing. I might hit it. But he completely swung and missed. It pisses me off more than anybody on the team. But anyways, right. I mean, McCutcheon, Adamas, Telez, you know, he does his thing. Urias again. 
God, I cannot stop talking about Urias. He is he really is a budding star in my opinion. He's gonna be good. Uh, you 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 take over. I'm just pissed about Taylor and Taylor. I'm hot now. <laughs> All right. So Luis Urias had two RBIs. Uh, had a two RBI double um, in the beginning of this game um, with two outs. So <clears throat> I was bases loaded, two outs. Uh, lots of base runners. Lots of pitches thrown by both starters. This ended up being like another super long game. Um, so it was just really back and forth. Tyron Taylor hit a pinch hit home run to tie the game at six. The Rockies scored two more on the top of the seventh. And then Brasso and Andrew McCutcheon, back-to-back doubles. Um, I will say that Brian Anderson made a good point on the broadcast during that game that Craig Council was really effective using pinch hitters in that game. Um, Tyrell Taylor and Mike Brasso being the examples. Uh, Mike Brasso is up to like seven for 11 as a pinch hitter. Like he's, he's going to be taking on the Jace Peterson role. Like yeah. he's like, he's just nuts as a pinch hitter. He's batting uh, what seven for 11 is like batting 700. <laughs> yeah. You shared it the other day and we were talking about it. Yeah. And this is the game I was talking about with McCutcheon showing the, the fire, man, the passion that I love mm-hmm. watching that, man. That's how you know they care. Yep. Yeah. So Josh Hader did end up giving up one run. Um, he gave up a triple, and then he gave up a really soft contact single yeah. that ended up scoring the, the Rockies a run. Um, Those are the worst. He did get Chris Bryant to ground out to end the game. Brent Suter had another scoreless inning in this game. Uh, Eric Lauer finished four and a third innings, 92 pitches, six hits. Drake mentioned the walks coming back to haunt. Um, Lauer had three yeah. of them. Um, out of 21 batters that Eric Lauer faced, he only threw 11 first pitch strikes. So that's yes. essentially 50% of the time that you're starting out behind in the count. Um, that's, Can't do that. that's just not where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Can't do that, man. You you are setting yourself up for failure in high leverage pitches literally every at-bat, and you're going to break down every once in a while. I mean, look, you only went four and a third. So that works. Uh, so before we get into the game with the Brewers lost to the Rockies, I want to say, like, don't take beating the Rockies lightly. They play in a really good division, which kind of affects their record a little bit. But they are second in batting average, fourth in on base percentage, and second in hits. So taking three out of four from the Rockies isn't something to just brush under the rug because they're a bad team. I agree. All right. The Rockies so we're are go to game really, four. really good at home. I don't know if you see their home yeah, record, and but they're yeah. really, really good at home. Good thing we were in Miller Park. Yeah. <laughs> You're all um, right. So you want me to start with Aaron Ashby or do you want to start? Aaron That's Ashby. the only thing I want to talk about from this game. Yeah, uh, new contract, stud. He comes in, gives us seven. I mean, apparently he was really happy about a new contract that was laying on him because he he gave us seven innings, five hits, uh, only one walk. So that's very good. One walk for the entire game for the pitching staff. So I love seeing that. Uh, two yep. earned runs. Obviously, we lost two to zero. So he gave up two earned runs, and you're like, that's a pretty good day, but we lost. So. That's why pitching. So the, you suck. said it right at the beginning of the show when you were talking about CC Sabathia, talking yep. about not caring about wins but wanting to put his team in a position to win. That the, this game is the perfect example. Yeah. Aaron Ashby pitched seven innings. He probably the best game that he's ever pitched as a Brewer, um, yeah. and it's the longest, the highest pitches, the highest innings that he's given as a Brewer. Um, Pat noticed that I said Miller Park. I was wondering if anybody would catch it and call me out, but Pat did so. Somebody's yeah, paying my attention. Dad, my dad's always there. My dad's always there. <laughs> like, the corner. <laughs> like in the back of my mind, I'm like, I could correct it to American Family Field. You know, I can just say both, but I'll wait and see if somebody somebody calls it out. 
So I feel like people are still divided on it anyway, so they're going to know I you're talking like about the Brewers. They're, they're, people are always just going to call it Miller Park, yeah. and it'll slowly phase itself out, but it, there'll still be like a whole generation of people that call it Miller Park. Hey, um, people complaining about AmFam Field. The Steelers' new name is way worse yeah. than what we had to change from. That is horrible. I'm yeah. calling it Heinz Field. I don't give a shit. I'm not even a Steelers fan. It's like Acrisure. Some weird. That's that's harder to say than Pfizer Forum. Yeah, that's tough. Honestly. All right. So the Brewers just couldn't really. I'm gonna look it up. Um, Brewers couldn't really get much solid contact in this game. Um, Freeland, the starter for the Rockies, had a really good sinker going. Talked about sinkers before. Um, and the Brewers' struggles versus left-handed pitching continue, so that's probably something they're really going to look to address at trade deadline. Um, first eight innings of this game were all pitched by left-handed pitching. So, what did you find out? It is Akrasher Stadium. That is just – I don't know. It, it just doesn't – Roll off the tongue. It's not smooth. I don't like anything about it. I don't like anything about it. I just didn't like it. Miller Park does mm. sound better than oh, Amphanfield, in my opinion. No. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else from game four? Yeah. We just – we had bases loaded. We just didn't get the hit. I mean, it was a nice play over there. And uh, the second baseman forgot his name, blanking out his name, whatever. Uh, was it um, Rogers? It was something with him. Yeah, it was Rogers. And it's actually spelled like Aaron Rodgers. Um, but uh, he made up for an error that he made earlier in yep. the inning. He earlier made a couple of nice plays at the end. So good for him. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Let's go. Yeah. Oh, don't, my don't, God. Don't Try do the pineapple on pizza thing. So I that's, that's just wrong. Um, <laughs> McGee and Suter both did actually have a scoreless inning in that game. So it's good for them to continue to stack. Um, good outings on top of good outings. So especially for Brent Suter, who's had his struggles. Obviously, for Jake McGee was was DFA'd from the Giants for having bad outings. But um, so Bryant is saying weird things in the back chat. So we're gonna make fun of Bryant, who is a Twins fan. So let's start with. We game should bring one him on so we can see his series. face. We should bring him on. So no, he's he's crying. I don't want to do that to him. <laughs> <laughs> we eating pineapple on pizza. That's why he's crying. That should be illegal. That, yeah, that's fair. That's probably why he's crying. All right, go ahead. Talk about game one. You start. I want. I want to hear what you think about Ethan Small start. Um. Uh, so he got into a little bit of trouble in the third inning. Um. He gave up a, a double, a walk, and then another double. Um. Brennan asked for Manny Parra pitches. Um. 2013. That's when he pitches. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on your Xbox. So. He, he had a one run in the first inning, and people were already turning on him. It's like, dude, it's his literal second start ever, yeah. and people are turning on him after giving up a home run to Byron Buxton, who is a good power hitter, who swings with all of his heart, like Carlos Gomez always did, and launches some really tough home runs once in a while. He strikes out a lot too, but like Byron yeah. Buxton hits a home run off of you. It's not anything to be mad about or to say that he's getting rocked or anything like that. Um, so small, he did end up going three and two thirds. It's an inning more than he went in his first outing, gave up three earned runs on four hits. The four walks are the thing, uh, with Ethan small. Um, and then he had three strikeouts. Um, James asked, why is Tyler's voice so deep? I don't know. Ask puberty, man. That's just just how I talk, man. Um, (laughs) Uh, so I'll say, you know, it's his command needs a little work, but that's exactly how Aaron Ashby 
came into Major League Baseball, his first inning, like his first, he didn't even pitch a full inning in his first uh, outing as a Brewer. He got rocked for seven runs in his first outing, and he only pitched two-thirds of an inning. And then the Brewers ended up winning that game 15-7. to Ha-ha, Chicago. Uh, <laughs> William Thomas had a grand slam in that game, too. That was awesome. Um, that was awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, like, what do you want to say about uh, – what do you want to say about – you're the one whose name is James, James. James Earl Jones <laughs> is literally the voice of Darth Vader, and you said I sound like Darth Vader. Oh, full circle, full circle. Um, what I thought is small obviously has good stuff. He has MLB ready stuff, but like you said, he needs command. The four walks, I have it circled on my page. That's the only thing I have a question mark about. Um, makes yep. it a little bit easier that we won this game, and small was able to be a part of that. Um, he was actually in line for the win, I believe, when he left the game, but because we gave up a couple of runs, uh, Trevor Gotten, Boxberger. Uh, gave up a couple of runs that he did not get the win. Would have been sick to see him get his first win because we could rub that in Brian's face, but we'll get that later. I don't remember. Um, we don't care about pitcher wins, so it's not a big deal anyways. He put his yeah. team in a position to win, so we'll take that. Yeah, and Renfro again, another homer, his fourth one in five days. The guy, oh, he just got, he just came out and just chose violence. Yeah, he's All just right. like he, he got back from the All-Star break and threw out all of his bats and just came in with rakes. <laughs> oh, I like that. You got me. That was good. That was good. I liked it. <laughs> All right. So Jake did mention Trevor got he got hurt with two outs. Um, yeah. He gave a walk, a double, and then a home run, followed by a great catch by Jonathan Davis to end the fifth inning. Colton Wong hit a 415-foot home run to tie the game at six. And then uh, Luis Urias, yeah, he did. Luis Urias and Willie Adamas both made really good defensive plays in the top of the sixth innings. And then the Brewers did eventually come to win that game with Urias' second walk-off of the week. Um, so and that throw was horrible, Brian. I don't know who that fielder is, but you got to talk. You don't want to fire that guy. That yeah. Was that was horrible. He's... Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, I get that you, like, winding up for it, but, like, you got to let it go before you're throwing it straight down. Jesus, you look like my daughter playing catch with me. Christ, I'm like, that was bad. Oh. So last night I did get something from the broadcast actually that it was the third time that Luis Urias and his brother Ramon Urias have homered on the same day. That's a cool stat. I don't care if you're a Brewers fan or an Orioles fan or just a baseball fan. That's a cool thing that it, like him and his brother both hit home runs on the same day for the third time. That's crazy. That's the third time. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I'm glad you said it because I was going to say it too. I, I saw that last night. Oh, man, right. we, so, uh, we beat Minnesota teams like we're going to do it in a couple of weeks with the football team. Touche. Yelich, I want to give some credit because he was down 0-2 in the bottom of the eighth inning, and he drew a walk after that 0-2 count. He worked that count all the way back. Uh, Josh Hader had a 1-2-3 ninth inning, and that was pretty much the story of the game for that. Um, do you want to? What do you want to say about today's game? Well, since you're talking about Yelich and at-bats, he had a crazy at-bat today mm. too, man, uh, later in this game. Game it was just fastball change up, fastball change up every other pitch, and then eventually he went back to back change ups, and Yelly was able to get on base and draw a walk in that at bat too. So that was a crazy good at bat. Um, I want to do three my, walks today. He did. I'm just talking about that specific one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I want to give a give an apology to Rowdy Tellez. I was talking shit about you last night. It was pretty bad. Um, and then of course you have to have another multi home run game today. His fourth of the year, his ninth of his career. Um, he had six. Our guys again. The guy just 
he just has all his RBIs in one game for the whole week. That's just <laughs> all right. It's just like six here. Uh, I'll I'll suck for two games and then I'll have a four RBI game. It's just like just do a three RBIs every game, you bastard. But anyways, Adamus <laughs> again with an RBI. Urias launched another home run. The guy is just smoking hot. But yeah. you know, we won. That's all I care about. And uh, fuck Minnesota. <laughs> Brian, I can see like I can see Brian at the bottom of our screen because like once we're once we do our power pair, we're gonna we're gonna bring Brian Simon on. But I can see him right now. Like I can feel the internal conviction that he's currently experiencing right now because we're about to talk about the Vikings that the Packers play in Week One. But he's also a Twins fan, so he's like, I hate yeah. Minnesota, but I love it. Like that's <laughs> like like Josh, Josh, who did Packers shows with us um, two years ago. Like he's. He's in the same position. Like he's a he's a Packers fan in Minnesota, so he's in some hostile territory. But um, you gave Rowdy Telez credit, Luis Urias credit. We talked about Corbin Burns. Um, one thing I just want to touch on today is Christian Yelich was mic'd up. Um, Jake pointed this out to me this morning, and then it was kind of confirmed today about Yelich potentially having a swing change, um, and that potentially helping his play. So Yelich, I mentioned the three walks that he had today. Also, his last at-bat, he had a double or that was a single. It was a single to the opposite field. So he had a single to left field. Um, I think it was the top of the eighth inning. Um, and uh, I think it's Dominic Catronio. He's the statistician for the Brewers. Um, he tweeted out the difference in Yelich's swing. He went from a knee, a knee kick, from bringing up his knee to just a toe tap. So he's doing a little bit less motion with his legs pre-swing, and that could be a potential a catalyst for Yelich's uh, batting to improve. So I just wanted to touch on that from today as well. So it's a little subtle shit, man, and uh, gets you going. Yelich is very, very good. I'm happy with Yelich. I don't give a shit about how much money he makes. We can't compare, just like when people are asking for trades from their jobs. We can't do that. Or, or asking for the Packers to cut Bakhtiari. Yeah, I am so excited. I'm gonna let Simon go absolutely nuts. He he's kind of like off. That's oh, man. I'm gonna let Simon go nuts on that. I can't wait. I'm excited for that. Well, I know I know Brian is excited for Josh Myers specifically, but yes, I yes. mean, we're we're really close to getting there. We're really close. We just let's do our power pair. So for pitchers, I was really conflicted. I'm gonna let you go first because I did not pick one. So I'm gonna let you go oh. first. All right, well, I went with Brett Suter. Uh, he was awesome this week. He had a lot of high leverage innings, a lot of high leverage base running situations to deal with. Uh, he had four innings pitched. In those four innings, all that high leverage, one hit, zero earned runs, zero walks, and four Ks. This is a guy with an 86, 87 sometimes, mile an hour fastball. So for him to go up there and just handle professional hitters like that, hats he's off. Just, he's just out there painting corners and – Throw in the next yeah. pitch before you even have your feet dug back into the biter's box. Yeah, he, he's awesome, man. And he has, like, the funkiest pitching style. Just <laughs> Yeah, he's got the Raptor. Yeah, he does. So, I had five pitchers written down for the power pair pitcher. Because you oh, could have easily gone with Aaron Ashby, who threw a gem of an outing after getting his contract extension. You could have picked Devin Williams, who is now up to 27 consecutive appearances without allowing a run. You could have gone with Brandon Woodruff, who has pitched another good game. Only one earned run, eight strikeouts in six innings. You could have gone with Corbin Burns, who pitched really well today 
and pitched pretty decent in last week's game against the Rockies. And you could have gone with Brent Suter, which Jake did. So I couldn't pick just one. So I wrote down all of them and I was going to let Jake take the one that he wanted and then just touch on the others. So that's, that's what I decided to do with the pitchers. So um, I know who your power position player is. So, so give me that one. Oh man. Hunter Renfro. That's my boy. Uh, I don't know why, but the hair flow with the home run stance, dude, for some reason, just does it for me. Plus the number 12. I've always liked the number 12. Uh, that's uh, probably my right. second favorite number. So Aaron Rodgers, Hunter Renfro, just, he just looks cool up there. He's a good player. He's got a rocket arm. I'm just a big fan of Hunter Renfro. Um, before today's game, because I didn't put today's game in there because I didn't have enough time you know, while we were doing mm-hmm. this, um, he was 7 for 20. That's a 350 average. He had 10 RBIs. He scored five runs himself and had the four home runs. So, I mean, the guy was raking, like you said, man. He was awesome. All right. So, I went with Luis Urias. He had the two walk-offs, like we mentioned. Um, <laughs> with today added in, he's now on a six-game hitting streak. He's actually hit in every game so far coming out of the All-Star break. Um, going into today, he was 7 for 19, which is a 368 batting average with six RBIs. And then he obviously added two today with the two-run home run that he hit. Um, he's and he's doing really well at the plate, which is which is very encouraging for the Brewers who have struggled with offense at times. But um, I mean, six games to win five of them coming out of the All-Star break. That's exactly what the doctor ordered. the The Cardinals are struggling because they're they have some guys that aren't available in Toronto because they're not vaccinated. Yeah. So the Brewers have the opportunity to put some distance in between. Um, and then the Brewers are potentially getting some reinforcements back soon. So we have that to look forward to as well. Yeah. Brewers are in a good position, man. They really are. The Twins division just got a lot tighter if the White Sox win. They played today, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, they were only two games above them from what I remember before today. So if they lose and then the White Sox win, it's only a game lead. Getting tight. Now we can listen to Brian cry about it. Can't wait. <laughs> All right, did you do you have anything else that you want to say about the Brewers? No, man, I'm ready to talk some football. I'm ready. My my knees jumping. Let's do this. All right, so we're gonna bring in Brian and Simon. This is gonna be probably one of the last Wednesdays that we talk about football, just because we are gonna be doing dedicated Packers shows. Um, starting with August 5th is gonna be our next one. That is a week from this Friday. Uh, and we're going to have a lot of a lot of interesting stuff, uh, but a lot of it is content focused. So it's not going to be as much news on that show. So we wanted to bring in Brian and Simon today to be able to talk about some of the news that was going to inevitably come out with this being the first opportunity for the media to talk to Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur. And we got a lot of stuff to take away, so we wanted to bring them in. And we're going to start talking about some news. So... Um, Bryant, I know you're sad because the Twins just lost twice in a row. And um, but other than that, I'm just I'm, I'm just going to keep twisting the knife. But how are you guys doing other than that? I'm not that sad because I've always had no expectations for them. You got to realize <laughs> I, was, I was born in 1989, right? Sorry. I was born in 1989. The last time I won was I was two years old. Uh, I mm. grew up in a family full of Minnesota Vikings fans. So they've always Ugh. never had expectations. So I'm used to this. Just like I'm a wild fan, right? Minnesota Wild, like everyone's like, oh, they're looking good. Okay, great. They'll lose in the first round of the playoffs. Me and Simon have talked about this many times. <laughs> like that all—that all sounds gross, just like the pineapple on your pizza. 
Oh, I love the pineapple. <laughs> I can't believe um, you guys are heathens like that. Pineapple on yeah. pizza is delicious. Yeah. God, this is the most divided all of a sudden. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, right. like, I've grown up in a household of low expectations. So like when the Twins lose, look, what happens is they have a couple good players. Like Byron Buxton. He's a great player, but he has 24 home runs and 44 RBIs. So 55, just less than 50% of his RBI production is solo home runs. Like, that's the Twins <laughs> in a nutshell. And he's batting 216. Like, you were talking about Toledo. Yeah. He'll have really bad days. Buxton will hit a 500-foot home run and then two doubles, and then he'll do what he did today and strike out three times. What's going to happen is Buxton will sign with the Yankees at, like, 29 or 30 years old. He'll bat 290 and win an MVP. That's pretty much how the Twins players. <laughs> can, can, like, can we have Luis Arias, though? That dude's a stud. He's like, he reminds me so much of like, um, like Pinto back in the day. I, I know you guys remember our span, Denard Span. I think he mm. played for y'all too. Oh. But so, um, or maybe a point to the Giants. But that was back when we had the Piranhas. We had Span and Carlos Gomez, who was always like you said, like he, he played like, for us. Yeah, he was either a all or nothing player. He was fun to watch. But so that's kind of what Arise reminds me of is that high output like on base percentage guy and then we have seven people that try to hit home runs right after him every at that well, hey we're used to that sounds <laughs> like the brewers <laughs> yeah. frustrating all right well. simon simon how are you doing uh good man it was uh good to come out of work and read pretty much everything it was a long read as mm. you know I, I don't have my phone or anything at work so it's hard for me to you know read all that stuff maybe at lunchtime so it was, a, it was good seeing training camp start up again. Man, I'm just I'm just pumped for football, man. It was it was good stuff to read. Actual football mm-hmm. news come yeah, out I've been, again. I've been bricked up since this morning. Just... Yeah, me too, man. <laughs> <laughs> me too, man. You don't have to read the pack turds. You're gonna go under 500. Uh, I mean, we're still gonna read that, but <laughs> yeah, we can ignore it a little it's, bit. We're getting we're getting closer to people being like, oh, the Packers won Week One. Guess they're going one and sixteen this year. Oh yeah. Uh, whatever but you know it is what it is so before we get into it like i watched both of the conferences so i'll I'll let you guys give your takeaways and if i have anything else i'll I'll toss it in there but before we get to the news part of it i want to ask you three questions so matt lafleur one of the things that happened this week was that matt lafleur got an extension so did brian gutekunst and russ ball they all got extensions uh one of the things that i saw brought up was how well Matt LaFleur is coached in the regular season. Um, he's, what, 39 and 13 um, in the regular season so far. And looking at it, the – We lost four. Yep, 13. Yeah. So is is Matt LaFleur a good coach, or is he carried by Aaron Rodgers? I'm asking all these questions for a reason. They're all, right, they're Brian, all leading you questions. Brian, you, Brian, you started on this first one. He's yeah, absolutely a good coach. Look at what Aaron Rodgers did the first year in the system, and they still won 13 games. It's not like he balled out his first year. What was mm-hmm. it? 26 touchdowns or something? Yeah, low low interception. But you got to yep. give credit at that point to the scheme and everything, right? And then look mm-hmm. at what's happened now that they're set in it. He's blowing up. And that's mm-hmm. why um, I think I won't get into why I think we'll have a good season from that, but that's why he is a good coach, yeah. in my opinion, because he, he takes the players and the assets that he has, and he wins games with it. Whether you like it or not, that's what's happening. Look what you did in Arizona. They found a way. They even People will knock him for their game plan in Kansas City and everything because of Jordan Love. But the fact that that wasn't even like a one-score game is amazing. Like that yeah. tells me he knows how to coach a team. 
with with one week to prepare for Jordan Love, but yep. not um, even a week. I think right. they announced him out on like Tuesday, and that was right. So you know, four days. Uh, but yeah, travel, uh, so. uh, yeah, also travel day too. Um, All right, Simon, what do you think? Is is Matt Lafleur a good coach, or is Aaron Rodgers carrying him? That, yeah, I I I know. <laughs> I'm asking I, I all these questions. Everything else on top of that, just look at how many high end injuries that we had uh, as far mm. as like player wise last year. You know, Jair out, Bakhtiari out. I think we had four starters out on the offensive line, and they still mm-hmm. performed at a decent rate. Like, I, I mean, we weren't on all pro line again, but you know, we we were probably middle of the pack or so. And that just speaks to the volumes of Matt LaFleur's games, uh, game plans on a week-to-week basis, in my opinion. And so to go out there with all those you know, injuries and still win games and stuff, I, I think it still it speaks volumes to his coaching ability for this team. Jake, is Matt LaFleur a good coach or is Aaron Rodgers carrying him? I believe they're both great in their own respect. Uh, when you go from the – Cartiera and you looked how dumbed down that offense was, you know, run left, run right, pass, punt the ball on third down. That shit was super annoying, by the way. And then you get a guy, Matt LaFleur, that can scheme some shit up. You got an Aaron Rodgers who's like a mad scientist anyways, and he likes to scheme some shit up pre-snap. You combine both those things together, you get back-to-back MVPs. Um, so uh, they're both great. I think I think that LaFleur, sometimes, he's one of those guys, you know, because he has a couple playoff losses. I won't get too hard for for those right now. But if we lose another one, I might have a different tone. But anyways, you know, you take take some things into consideration here. I think they're both great. I think LaFleur does get a little bit higher on the pecking order than I think he should be. I think he's somewhere around 8 to 10 in coach rankings. Some people put him in the top five. I don't put him in the top five. But he, he's a good coach. Let's, let's stop saying that he's just carried, okay? Mm-hmm. And, oh, my God, I want to talk so bad about about Rodgers not doing anything with Devontae. He's carrying coaches. I don't know what the hell we're doing. Oh, man. All right. I'll let this lead into my second question. So my first question was, is Rodgers carrying LaFleur to a good record or is LaFleur actually a good coach? All three of these questions are going to tie into one point that was made that I believe to be a contradiction and just a stupid thing. So I'm, I'm just making an exercise out of it to essentially make fun of somebody. <laughs> um, so second question, I'll just go in reverse order. Jake, is Aaron Rodgers overrated? Do I need to answer this? Do it's I a really easy one. We can just do it in rapid fire if no. you want. No, no, yeah. no. Simon no. said no. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers is not overrated. I was told that Aaron Rodgers is overrated, but also that Aaron Rodgers carries Matt LaFleur. So already – the contradiction is there, but then you have to, you know, you have people that'll say, "Oh, Matt Lafleur was carried by Aaron Rodgers because that's why he has a good record." But let's say then you take the next step, which would be okay. So Aaron Rodgers can't be overrated if he's carrying his coach to a good record. Well, no, Aaron Rodgers is still overrated, but somehow he still carries his coach. But then you get to the point where you have to move the goalposts again to a third point of they haven't done anything in the playoffs. So now this is my third question, and you know it's something that I think bears asking whether you're talking about Aaron Rodgers and Matt Lafleur or not. But is football a team game? Yes. Yes. Okay. And in the playoffs, uh, would you agree that you're playing against better teams? Yes. That's yes. Generally, how that works. Yeah. <laughs> so so football gets harder in the playoffs. 
is a team game, but yet one guy gets all of the blame is called overrated, but also carries a coach to a good record. Yeah, that's – let me guess. Is that a Bears fan? I don't even know because I didn't stick around long enough to ask. But I asked these questions, and the dude just said, well, your head must be spinning right now because you don't even know what direction you're going in. Well, when you change the damn topic so many times in one That's conversation. That's what I said. I'm like, you keep moving the goalposts to fit whatever narrative you're trying to push because you can't answer all three of those questions honestly and come to a point where you still think that LaFleur is a bad coach Rodgers is overrated, and the football is not a team game, and that's where it comes to the quarterbacks should not be having wins tracked for them. Yeah, that guy definitely has a dark over Rodgers' face on it. That's all I'm going <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> But that guy told me that my head was spinning. It's like, no, I'm just critically thinking and asking you questions, but apparently you chose to talk shit instead of actually thinking about sports and talking about them. No, nah, so lay down your bed and hug your pillow cry. <laughs> I'm going to call this guy dumb because he's asking me questions. <laughs> yeah, that's how they get you. Get destroyed. Either that, either that, they call you a fake fan. call you a soft. Yeah. You're soft. You're so soft. Yeah, you're you're yeah. dumb. You're asking questions. You don't even know what questions you're asking because I don't want to answer them. All right. So, Can we even read, bro? Yeah. Oh God. You don't even know what you're I like when asking. they call you triggered. And it's like, no. Oh, that's the best like, come on, man. <laughs> All right. So Gudikins was first. He was up this morning. He was the first one to be talked to. Then it was LaFleur. And then after practice, some of the guys were interviewed individually. So um, I will start with we'll start with Bryant again. Um, what did you see, read, hear from Gudikins' interview um, on the podium that, that stood out to you? Well, I think – so this is the one I did get to listen to before I had to go do some training. But um, I think just talking about – I'll just stick with the Christian Watson thing because it. I'll let someone else sit on David Bakhtiari. But to me, this kind of screams like maybe he got like what Crosby had, like maybe just a, a scope or something on his knee, and they're just taking it patient with him. It's it sucks. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, because we do we do Christian Watson is likely going to be our deep threat this year, right? We need him out there and we need him to get as much practice in. But ultimately, he's right. Like you can't rush him. Um, this first year because it, it is a huge investment. Now we're starting to see that um, players in the second round are demanding, you know, year three guaranteed money, which yeah. Christian Watson did. It was only like 150 grand or something uh, only, right? That's a lot of money to all of us, but in, in the grand scheme of things, <laughs> right. NFL, that's a, that's a, that's a drop of in the bucket. But, um, and then the other thing that I, I think it's probably pretty min, you know, minimal is because they talked about, well, do we let him play through it for the whole year or do we just fix it now? So the fact that mm-hmm. he, it's possible he could play through it, Tells me they probably just there's probably something in there they just had to go trim down a little bit maybe a, something like that with the scope so could maybe it could be like something as random as like a bone spur or yeah. it, it could and, be anything but the fact that they're not disclosing it and it doesn't it's not a long term thing is what they and said. I'm I'm not an NFL athlete but I just had my hip scoped where they shaved down two bone spurs and I was up and walking without crutches in five days so hmm. and so. You know, obviously, I'm not running and jumping and cutting. Yeah, but, but you like pineapple yeah. on pizza, so that probably lowers that's your pain probably, tolerance a little bit. Why, no. So, so like, Christian Watson, I feel like, could probably recover a little yeah. quicker. Yeah, he probably. Heals <laughs> now I want to know if Christian Watson likes pineapple on pizza. What, what's his? Yeah. God, I hope he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but what? But what I'm saying is, hopefully, it's pretty minor, and if we can get him in, I don't want. 
I, I would love to see him in preseason action just so he, he sees it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if he just gets some time against our defense, um, that'll be good. Simon, did you do you get a chance to see, read, hear anything from Gutekunst's press conference that stood out uh, to you? Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to watch it yet. So uh, everything uh, is coming off of me reading it. Um, just to kind of bounce off Bryant's point uh, about uh, Watson too, is it sounds it sounds very it sounds like they didn't want to deal with it later and they want to deal with it now, which obviously, you know, games and practices, games are meaningless, but you know, it's better to get his injury over with now in the preseason while they have time to work with it where it doesn't count than deal with maybe a long-term issue during the season with it. So, I mean, you take that for what it is. sounds like a, you know, smart investment to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess the, the biggest thing, that popped out to me was just good. And basically said, none of the, none of the things that Packer fans have been freaking out about is a long-term thing. Sammy Watkins isn't a long-term Christian yep. Watson isn't a long-term. Yep. Uh, he was very adamant that Dave Bakhtiari's injury is not something that's career ending. Like I've he shut that shit down yeah, he, he so down fast. Yep. He got asked the question. He immediately, mm-hmm. no, immediately yeah. shut that down. So, I mean, for all for all the Packer fans that are out there, I mean we're we're very much in a wait and see sort of thing. But and it, he's still said used the word cautiously optimistic, and it yep. doesn't sound like they have a timetable or anything. And I think they're really just tired of like putting timetables out there because his knee is unknown at this point. But the fact that he came <laughs> out and said no to it being career ending should yep. should put put to bed that thought. And also, I'm tired of yep. seeing people say cut him. Dude, if you cut yep. him, his cap hit is disgusting. It's like 35 yeah. million this year or something, right? I, I can't remember. Yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's day, like 32. So if it's yeah, if like that, that, if that number's close. off, I apologize. But it, it's a gross number. At this point, it's it's not worth it. You might as well keep him and see that he can if he can come back to that all pro level. Which, uh, I mean, Bakhtiari's. If you read anything. Uh, about Bakhtiari's injury, he's definitely he's definitely trying to come back from it. Like these these comments that are that he you know he just goes out and drinks beer and stuff is just so mm-hmm. dumb to me. It's just so wild. I saw somebody think. say that he's washed today. I saw yeah, that. Like, see, pe- see people say cut him. He's a waste of money. Yeah. He's a waste of this. Like yeah. it, it it really it baffled me how quickly the fan base turned on him. It's like we're such a supportive fan base when oh, it yeah. comes to like like the stock issuing stuff or or just fan attendance. But then a guy gets hurt and he takes him a little bit longer to rehab than he would have expected, and he has a setback that requires another surgery. And and it's that quick to turn on a guy who's been yeah. so successful and who's never had an injury before this. Like before this, David Bakhtiari has been an Iron Man for the Packers. He's played almost every single game since like 2013. Yeah, and he has this first instance of an injury ever, and it takes him a little bit longer to recover, which I saw somebody compare him to Adrian Peterson, which was oh, just that was dumb, dumb to that was so like, stupid. You have a running back and an offensive lineman. Like the body type is a much different situation mm-hmm. there, but but and you're asking him to do play to play, right? He, you're asking exactly. him to stop someone from putting all their pressure on him, right? right? And so for like, and the people that think David's not doing what he's he needs to do to get back, you realize this was a dude on a he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory, right? Missing mm-hmm. yeah. a season plus possibly this one if it say it was worse, it's gonna it, he's got an uphill battle now. But he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory when you're the best left tackle and 
um, the NFL for any amount of years, you're probably going to get consideration. He's always been in the top the last several years. He's been in the top, you know, two, three conversation every year. Every so year. when you, when you start to think about that, that's someone he's always showing that he's cared about his career and everything. So just to turn on him, cut him, which would be absolutely stupid because of the cap hit. No one's going to trade for him. Furthermore, wouldn't you rather like, okay, look, he tried to get back. Obviously there's issues going on and that flared it up. If you tell me right now, we'll get David Bakhtiari back at 95% of David Bakhtiari at eight, week eight or week 10. And for the playoff push, I'm fine. Like, I obviously I wish Gudikins or Matt Lafleur would come out and say that, so we don't have to deal with this every week moving forward. Mm-hmm. But they they did say that they're um, cautiously optimistic that he will be there from week one. And I know they said that last yep. year. And I know I'm jumping probably a little bit here, but David too said he for the first time he feels like himself. And now it's about adding strength yep. and stuff to the knee. So they could have put yep. him on pub, but so he can sit here and lift, lift weights until he's ready for that impact. Why rush it? Right. So that's there's two other things that I wanted to mention with with Bakhtiari. So first is being on the pup list. It essentially means that the Packers have an open spot on the 90 man roster. They can bring another guy in. So you can just take a look at another player and have another player available in practice that you could potentially see reps from and maybe develop in the future. So that gives them just another guy that they can bring to practice while Bakhtiari is not practicing. Uh, one thing I mentioned to you guys today is that this year the pup list is only a four-week designation. So he can come off the pup list at any time during training camp before the season starts. If he's on the pup list to begin the season, it's only a four-week pup list. It's not a six-week one anymore. So even if he were to begin the season on the pup list, he only has to miss a maximum of four games and could potentially be back for week five, not week seven. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to mention was David Bakhtiari also was asked on his concern level. And he said his concern level is low for where he's at right now. So uh, I think collectively Packers fans just need to take a deep breath, calm down, give Bakhtiari a little bit of time. He's one of those guys like Aaron Rodgers who really doesn't need to show up and practice to know what's going to be going on in week one because he's been here since – like I said, like 2013, I think was when he was brought in. So um, he's one of those guys that's got the mental game mastered um, and he just needs to, just needs to get physically healthy. So um, Jake, how are you feeling about Bakhtiari? I'm not worried one bit. He's David Bakhtiari, man. And people know that name around the league for a reason. He's one of the best. Uh, Aaron Rodgers trusts him. So right there, that says enough for me to just shut the hell up and let him do his damn job. Right. Um, one of the best left tackles. We've said that a Times him, Trent, and uh, Williams out there in San Francisco are probably the top two, in my opinion. Um, he's David Bakhtiari. He chugs ears. He stops people from sacking Aaron Rodgers. That's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. Did you, did you see, hear, read anything else from Gudikin's press conference that stood out to you? Yeah. Um, I did love, like Simon said, that he was basically shutting down all the engineers. Like, they're all little. Like, everybody just chilled the hell out. I don't know. I, I mean – it's probably all these 9,000-year-old fans that overreact to everything, and they're just like, oh, my God, he's getting how much money to sit on the bench? Shut up, okay? To say that out loud. Um, also, I like that he was hyping up Alan Lazard. Man, Alan Lazard had a good good day today from everything I read. So yeah. he's he's hyping up Alan Lazard, dude. If Lazard goes crazy, oh, I'm talking so much shit, dude. <laughs> I mean, when you go from Hall of Fame wide receiver yeah. to Hall of Fame. <laughs> Good. I love <laughs> <Penny>. <laughs> How so 
Oh, that was awesome. You know he texted Tay after that, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, hey, man, did you see my press conference today? Uh, yeah. He probably laughing his ass off of that shit, too. Yeah. He we probably was. Talked, we have talked about this a little bit leading up to it because um, even before he said the Hall of Fame, Hall, to Hall of Fame thing tated. He even said something about their skill set being similar. It's like we get you're hyping up your quarterback. Come on, man. It's not. It's not similar. But did but you? I, thought, I love the fact that Aaron Rodgers said that. Yeah, I told you guys that I heard on the radio Devonte Adams um, being asked to clarify his comment, and he said yeah. he was like, "If I was going from a Hall of Famer to a to a Hall of Famer, he's uh, like, I meant, I meant if." Listening to him explain that was really uncomfortable. Um, he, he was trying to backtrack, bro, and he was he was still yeah. trying to backtrack for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. um, any of you guys have anything else from um, from Gudekunst? I just want to say all their contracts that they all got resigned to, they all deserve it. I am almost the most happy about Russ, Russ, uh, Ball, Russ Ball, dude. Almost yes, that dude could be a GM somewhere. Yeah, I bet easy. Yeah, probably in Green Bay, maybe in a few years. Yeah. That yeah, that yeah, that's that's an interesting thing to potentially talk about. Um, Bryant did also mention um, Elton Jenkins was asked about. They were said that um, Elton Jenkins is ahead of schedule on his recovery, so that is very good news to hear. Um, he's going to be t- potentially eligible for an extension this season, so that's good to hear. Um, pay him. A couple other things that I got from from yeah, pay him for sure. He, that dude could be an All Pro at five positions. That's um, disgusting. <clears throat> Seriously. Isn't that crazy <laughs> to think about? That's how awesome just, how he is and how good he is. Oh, every yeah. position he plays is so gross to think about. But the moment when I started loving him was when when the Donald started choking him. That, yeah. that first yeah, time we yeah. played him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you don't see you do not see Aaron Donald. Okay, like, and then people try to say, Well, it's because he was hurt. And then he still had a really good game against him last year, I think, too. I think Donald yeah. got one, but one sack last year, but he choked um, Lucas but, Patrick last year. Yeah, I was yeah, just saying, I love how mad he yep. is when he plays Dude, us every he's, time. He's two trips away, <laughs> bro, two choke jobs, bro. If he comes in, he chokes one of our linemen. Oh, I'm gonna go nuts. Like, he just chokes people at Lambo. He, he, he got into it with Penny Sewell, too. Yeah, you see did. that video? Yeah, yeah. he didn't back, didn't down, back down, down at all. Yeah, he didn't back down at all. I love, I love that. It. Love it. Hey, an offensive line, you need nasty man, and Jenkins definitely has the nasty. You need yeah. that. You need not yeah. to shit. Like, don't touch my quarterback. Don't touch my running back. I'm going to punch you in your shit. I love so everybody, everybody loves the nasty, so we got it. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> a couple of things that I took away from Gudekins this morning. Um, touched on touched on David Bakhtiari um, and Watkins and Watson both being not long-term. Um, a couple of the things that I wanted to, to point out were that Gudekins credited Matt LaFleur for the way that he builds the foundation of installing the offense with um, new additions and with rookies. So I wanted to just kind of highlight that the Gutekunst was giving Matt LaFleur credit for that. Um, he said that all of the, um, <clears throat> all of the coordinators do have a lot of input on roster decisions. So like bringing in um, drawing a blank on what his name is, the safety that they just brought in from the Raiders who is a Rich Basaccia special teams guy. Um, we we talked about maybe Joe Barry having some influence on the Quay Walker pick or Adam Stenovich on some of the offensive linemen that are being brought in. All of those things were kind of confirmed by Joe by um, 
Brian Gutekunst today saying that the coordinators do have a lot of input on the roster. So I did want to point that out just because that's something that we've speculated about a bunch of times. Um, Gutekunst also highlighted the defensive flexibility of the Packers. He said when he was asked about Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell and obviously all of the guys that are on the defense, he highlighted the flexibility that the depth on the defensive side has and the ability that that gives them to do different things defensively. And then the last thing was John Brown. Um, he was not signed. He was basically just looked at to just know what's available um, should the need arise to add. Um, the Brewer, the, the Brewers, um, the Packers were apparently quote unquote in on um, Julio Jones. I didn't sign him. He's making twice what Sammy Watkins can make um, to essentially play the same role. Um and to be old and injured. So maybe I said this to you guys, but maybe Julio Jones and Chris Godwin can form one full wide receiver season. Um, <clears throat> but, but John Brown was essentially just looked at just to know what's available in free agency. So that's the last thing that I took away from Gudikin's press conference. Um, Dallin Levitt was the, was the safety. Um, Simon pulled that up for me. So um, that was another rich Basaccia guy. He had 12 tackles as a special teams player last season. Um, and then potentially some safety depth because of the brewery or the, I did the brewers again. Cause I keep looking at it. Um, the Packers are currently standing at like three potential safeties. They released, um, Trey Sterling, um, who was one of the guys they brought in as an undrafted free agent. So, um, Levitt could potentially be a, some safety depth as well. So, um, Jake, I'll start with you. Did you see here anything from Matt LaFleur that stood out to you? Yeah, man, I liked uh, I liked his moxie. I liked his confidence up there today, man. He was pulling some jokes. Uh, he was like when he first started, he was like, "I'm a little bit more excited than you guys are today." And then you know the reporter <laughs> started getting into it a little bit. But yeah, I liked the floor today. He was good. Uh, he looked like a guy that was commanding the room, which I really like. He's got. I feel like he just keeps growing into a better and better coach, which is something to take into consideration. You know, you think about guys, and I don't remember who brought it up. I think it was Bryant brought it up before about you know the offense and how Rodgers is blossoming in this offense now well LaFleur talked about how he's still learning and how he's still adjusting to stuff so you know if he's going to bring new wrinkles to this offense that's something to look forward to as well and he did I liked what he said on this team by the way he talked about how they're not even in pads so they're going to take it day by day to try to fix these problems and that was the most perfect answer that he could give um because the, the special teams isn't going to get fixed in one offseason, right, for how poor they played last year. So for him to talk about, you know, they're going to take it day by day and they're going to figure out who the right guy is. He's not afraid to put starters in there. Um, that's something that I really like, man. Special teams and defense um, this year I think is going to be, be our identity. And then we're just going to have a oh, MVP quarterback. So living a good life this year, boys. Uh, Simon, what did you take away from anything Matt LaFleur said today? Yeah, uh, just a, a couple things uh, going off the special teams thing. He, he gave a major shout out to, uh, oh my God, I'm sorry. My mind's Rich Passaccia. Right Rich Passaccia, thank you. Yeah, he did. Uh, he gave a major shout out to him as far as yes. uh, just making things transparent for the team. And, you know, he said, oh, I like going to those meetings. I've learned more about special teams than I've, you know, ever known. So that makes me think that maybe that special team is going to be huge, but there's definitely a special emphasis on fixing that garbage that was put out on the uh, you know field last year so right. that makes me excited for 
uh, the possibility of fixing that portion of the team. Um, and what was the other thing? Oh, uh, the rookie lineman. Uh, obviously, you know, Bakhtiari and Jenkins being out, you know, bringing in Zach Tom and was it Sean Ryan, I believe he, yep, uh, yep Sean Ryan, and making them fluid. <clears throat> so giving them opportunities to win at, you know, both the guard and tackle spot. Um, mm-hmm. is, is huge. And, you know, Green Bay loves their versatile offensive linemen. So it'll be – I'm so excited to watch the offensive line battle and see <laughs> what pops out week one. I'm yeah. pumped for it. Bryant, what do you got from Matt LaFleur? Uh, I, I'll be transparent. I haven't been able to listen to it yet, but uh, per, I did read about him talk, like pumping up the position coach, which is I like, and just talking about, like, um, you know, learning. So it, it – that right there um, excites me because, you know, he's letting people with the experience go in there and, you know, uh, coach them. And then he's learning from it as well. Like Rich Passaccia did a good job with the Raiders. I still can't believe they moved on from him, but uh, Hey, their losses are gain. And um, that's what I like most. I got to go and listen to it, but just, you know, the rotation of players and everything. um, And the fact that he's excited, he feels good about the team. That's exciting. So. So just, you guys brought up Rich Passaccia. He, um, LaFleur did like just, just pour the credit onto him. Um, he said that he's intense, that he's clear cut. That he's convicted with, with the direction that he has for special teams. He said, he's not afraid to, to call out other coaches either when, you know, when they're doing something that, that can be done better and, um, to share his knowledge. Cause obviously he does have that, that little bit of head coaching experience from the end of last season. Um, uh, and Matt LaFleur touched on that as well. He said he was actually surprised that Rich Basaccia isn't a head coach somewhere. So like Brian said, the fact that he's not, um, you know, that the Raiders decided to move on from him, even though they kind of had a little resurgence after, um, after he took over, um, is a little bit of a surprise, but like Brian said, their losses are gain. And now the Packers have, um, basically the best possible option that that was on the market for special teams coaching, um, in the building. And he's brought the, the quote unquote, the we fence, um, uh, approach to special teams where it's an everybody thing. Like Jake said that they're not going to be afraid to put starters on special teams. Like I saw that Josh Myers was lining up on the edge of special teams for some of the things that they were doing. Um, as far as Alan Lazard is concerned, um, he was asked if he's prepared to fill the gap left by the Devontae Adams and to be the wide receiver one. He said, absolutely, absolutely. So Alan Lazard knows that there's a huge opportunity in front of him. Um, when Matt LaFleur was asked about the wide receiver room, uh, whether they were going to start rookies or vets or if who was going to play more or um, whether it was going to be young guys or, or veterans, uh, he said the wide receiver room is fluid, which essentially says to me that everybody's going to get the opportunity and it might just be like a hot hand approach. So this could, this could, this brings me to a, a thought where, you could see <clears throat> where essentially everybody gets their turn to be a wide receiver one from week to week to week to week. And it might be a different guy every single week to where everybody's had their turn at being the wide receiver one during some games, but they all finish the entire season with wide receiver two looking numbers. That's kind of what popped into my head based on that comment. But, um, I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on that or if there's anything else that you wanted to to bring up about the Packers and news that we've had recently. I'm going to wait to talk about receiving stuff until we do our bonus episode because I have some pretty good stuff to talk about with my guy. 
All right, Simon and Brian, either of you guys have anything else you want to mention about the Packers? Um, I know I, I mentioned a couple times that next Friday uh, is going to be our Packer episode, and we're going to have a lot of stuff going into that, so that'll be a really good episode. But uh, is there anything else you guys want to touch on right now from the first day of practice? No, just excited. Excited there's people making plays. We're reading about it. Oh, I did. Uh, the one thing I did want to say, uh, and maybe I um, is Aaron Rodgers saying that he told them that the offense is up one to nothing. Yeah. That's kind of he was going at Stokes. Yeah. yeah, because because he he before camp he said that there's a good chance you know um, they're going to lose a lot of the days. He he said it's still going to happen, especially when they get the pads on. But the fact that they had such a good day that just tells me it goes back to like Matt Lafleur, like this dude can coach. He can get people open regardless, you know, Aaron, uh, sounds like Amari Rogers had a nice day, a couple plays at least. Uh, Romeo Dubs uh, mm-hmm. made uh, uh, three. Yeah, he, they said he mossed somebody. So I, yeah, I think it was Nixon, that, right? It was yeah, Ento. Yeah. Oh, Ento, Ento, that's who it was. Yeah, so just that that's pretty exciting. And um, and I, I seen someone comment on one of them. It's like, well, does that mean we just have a bad defense or is that – uh, sign that our offense. I can tell you right now, we don't have a bad defense. We are every year the happens. best secondary in the NFL right now. That's every so year. This that exactly. That's an iron sharpens iron situation. Just, yeah. Just stop. Okay. Like the like. I don't want to hear. Well, maybe it's because you have a bad defense. Did you watch the last half of last year? Like, Bro, like get out of here with that. But um, so that that's exciting. The fact that they can make they're making plays at all or anything like that. Um, and I know it's day one. They're in shorts. There's no pads on or anything like mm-hmm. that. But the fact that, you know, you can read that stuff. They'll have their bad days. They'll well, have their good days. And I like that they're up one nothing. I'll say that much. I'll, I'll, I'll play the other end of that spectrum where you're talking about Aaron Shorts. It's day one. Rogers just got off the damn golf course, and he's throwing fucking dots, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Well, that, you see him. Dude, I, I know everyone was making fun of his Con Air get up, but that dude is jacked. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's so funny, dude. Yeah, his upper body is huge. His like. chest is massive. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was like, oh, Nicholas Cage is wearing a smaller shirt. It looks – Smaller because he is smaller. Yeah. Look at the arm, man. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. That, 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 I mean, that's how it was when when Rogers and Brady were standing next to each other and, oh, and Brady's yeah. sleeve was flapping in the wind and Rogers yeah. was like skin tight. Yeah. Like whatever yeah. that whatever that like uh herbalist or witch or whatever he's doing now, <laughs> giving him some good stuff. Hopefully she can yeah, he's, he's a witch now. She's yeah. Doing yeah, what was her name? Moon Moon or something? Moon yeah. Moon. <laughs> I saw one. Photo her and I was like, "Yeah, I'm good. I don't know what Aaron's on, but hey, that's his level." <laughs> I mean, hey, it's it's different to each their own. You know, everybody's into what they're into, except for pineapple on pizza. That's not okay. That is that's all, not he's debatable. Got, he's got okay. the type of money that he can. He do, he doesn't have to care what people think. Not all that's, of us can. Have I mean, that. you you can be you can be like literally dirt poor and not care what people think. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity to get a little deep on you, but you know your self esteem shouldn't come from what other people think of you. It should come from what you think of you. And you know, as far as that pertains to this show, is that uh, the stuff that we say, like we we do the research on, and if we don't know the answers, there's three other people here on on as far as the Packers show is concerned. And if you know, if you ask Jake and I a question about something Bucks Brewers Badgers related, if we don't know the answers, we will find out. And that's, 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 that's what it is with the show is that we're going to, we're going to take from multiple sources and add our own input and try to come with as many perspectives as possible because there is no, not necessarily ever just one right answer when it comes to a lot of these things. Um, 
a lot of it involves speculation. You can ask ask questions and, and, and you know, think about things and think about the possibilities and the implications or, you know, what, what makes sense and what may, you know, might not make as much sense. But um, especially when it comes to things like injuries, whether you want to rush somebody back or if you want to play the cautious route, you know, all these things, you know, it's not, it's not something that has to be black or white and super divisive that it has to, you know, devolve into a, a personal attack because you don't like that somebody's asking you to think critically about what you're saying, you know, if it might be something that's just incorrect. So, you know, that's, that's the thing where, you know, we have rival fans and I know the four of us are all pretty active on Facebook and in groups that aren't just Packers fans. Um, you know, everything doesn't have to be so divisive because, you know, we are Packers fans, but you know, when we're talking about football, we're all watching the NFL. So we do no, have Tyler. common ground at some point. We're all stupid because we're Packers fans. Get it right. We're all stupid because we're no, Packers fans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about a week right, away from the Hall of Fame game and nine, nine days away from family night already, man. I'm excited. So. Hey, Leroy, I know you can't see him because he's stuffed on my daughter's hands, but I got Leroy Bowler's autograph. I'm so excited. Oh, Leroy, baby. <laughs> Let's go. That dude deserved to be in the Hall of Fame strictly oh, for inviting He's a the stri- he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for me, a guy. Straight up, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, wait till you guys hear his speech. I watched the thing on the news, and they talked about what he's gonna. He's gonna. He said he wants to involve his teammates in a lot of his success. And uh, when he talks about in his speech, he said, "Because when they go up, their guys always talk about stuff that they've been through, and they did this, and they did the stats." And he's like, "I want to involve everybody." And I know he's gonna talk about Reggie because Reggie was part of the first Lambo leap. So I'm excited to yeah. listen to him talk. Yeah. So I mean, last thing that I'll leave is just ask questions. You know, you'll know you'll know you're smarter than the other person based on the quality of the questions that you're asking. So, if you're asking somebody if Aaron Rodgers is carrying Matt Lafleur or if Matt Lafleur is a good coach, and the only answer they have is "Did they beat the 49ers last year?" You know who's asking better questions and who is just asking dumb questions. Yeah. All right. Well, if you guys got nothing else, oh, there's one more comment on here. Uh, get the hell out of here. I didn't. I didn't want to uh, <laughs> like interrupt your outro or whatever. One thing I uh, oh, you're good. thing of note that I uh, remembered is Quay Walker was with the uh, first first stringer. Yeah, he was starting. So it, that'll be interesting yeah. to see uh, see how they ride that out through preseason and training camp. He was he was my that guy team. that I was excited for on the defense, yeah. and that has not gone away. <laughs> Man, all right. Well, all, the, all those rebel fans are gonna be pissed. When that 6'8 wingspan is flying at him and knocking the running back out. That's all I'm going to say. Dude, that dude goes side to side so fast. Oh, awesome. I'm excited to see what he can do on the field. All right, well, glad you guys were able to join us today and and be able to talk about some of this news and not have to wait another week and a half until we can do our Friday show next week. And and we're going to have a lot jam-packed into that one too. So we got a lot of interesting stuff coming up for that one. Uh, We'll preview that probably next Wednesday on the show so we can kind of give a little – um, a little sneak peek into what that show is going to all entail and include, but Simon and Brian will be back for that. Um, and then Jake and I'll be back next Wednesday. So thanks for joining and thanks everybody that watched the whole time, especially James who commented from beginning to end, but um, thanks everybody for watching and we will see you guys next Wednesday and Friday. Also, <laughs> he broke up. I didn't hear what he said. I know. Right. <laughs> He's got to fix that. <laughs> Probably said something about pineapple not going on pizza because it shouldn't. Yeah.
<laughs> I mean, you're just lying to yourself at this point. No, no. Yeah, it's just not. It's not going to happen. All right. <laughs> take care, guys. Right, yeah, take care. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.